welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We're on episode number 134. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes. For on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also check us out on Spotify as well as Google Play. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at Serial Sensei. And of course, as always, I'm joined with my co-host Antaku. What's going on, man? Um, my life has been forever changed because I saw Detective Pikachu. That's Ooh. what's going on. Yeah. One 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 out of ten. How, how was it? Uh, like six and a half, seven. Like it was really, like I I love the shit out of it. It's adorable and. It, like, I, all I wanted to see were Pokemon, and I got Pokemon. But, like, here, like, here's the thing. If you're going into it expecting, like, self-awareness or, like, edgy humor or, like, crap, what's that? Um, it's not, like, the Lego movie, like, at all. Nah. Like, at all, from the standpoint where, like, it the movie takes itself, like, serious. But not too serious that kids don't get it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's not a lot of, like, oh, like, oh, we live in a Pokemon world. Isn't that crazy? Type of humor is just, like, it's very straightforward. Mm. Did Mewtwo play an important role, or was he just there? Uh, so, do you want a quick spoiler? Yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) Mewtwo is the first Pokemon you see in the movie. Ah, uh, uh, so they get him out of the way real quick. Uh, he he's the source of the entire mystery of Detective Pikachu, which, in all honesty, that's probably the point the, the point of the movie that disappointed me the most. Like, it is not much of a mystery mystery, and and like, it's not like a who done it. It's more like a what happened. Nah. Yeah, I would have loved a who done it where it's just like a bunch of Pokemon who like they were trying to figure out who murdered who. the murder mystery pokemon i I mean like someone is supposed to have died in the movie it's like it makes that pretty clear like the first five seconds of the movie uh yeah i've heard good things i've I've heard everybody who i've known who's who's went to see it uh has has left saying pretty much nothing but praises so i mean look if you like pokemon go see it if you have a kid who likes pokemon go see it um they give out little, like, Pokemon cards. I don't know if they're going to keep doing that now that the open weekend's done. But they get out little Pokemon cards, and you are guaranteed a Detective Pikachu card. And I now have one that I will treasure forever. Because <laughs> it's adorable. Well, hold on. So, I know this bar is really low. But is Detective Pikachu the greatest video game movie of all time? Um, it's the greatest video game live-action movie of all time. Because I think like there are a few Pokemon animated movies I think are better, better than it, and that's the thing. Like, 
Pokemon kind of cheats because from the very beginning, it was designed to be like a multimedia thing. Like, it has like hundreds upon hundreds of volumes of manga. It has God no like how many episodes of the TV show? Like over a thousand now at this point. Like it has twenty something movies. It has so many different spinoffs and OVAs and stuff like that that like and, and this wasn't like a Hollywood studio taking the movie and doing their own thing with it. This was the Pokemon team brought the movie to Warner Brothers, basically had it fleshed out. And all Warner Brothers did had to do was find somebody to put it together for them. So like it is the best live action video game movie. In terms of, like, it is not just absolute garbage like certain other ones. Just to the Sonic movie. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's, like, it, it's kind of cheating because Pokemon was never, like, just a video game. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole bunch of... It was a, vi- it was a video game. It was a freaking trading card game. It was comics and TV shows and all, all that other type of stuff. You almost want to say they couldn't lose, but... I, like you, you, know, you never know. Like, yeah. I, like somebody could have been behind the desk at like Warner Brothers and been like, "Yeah, no, we're go- we have to change Pikachu so he has like photorealistic fangs, like a rat does." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, with, without without spoilers, is is there? Do you think they do another one, or is this like a one and done? Oh no, they already they already um confirmed they're working on a sequel. I don't know. Oh. I don't know if it's gonna be a Detective Pikachu movie because of the way the movie ends. Um. Like, I don't want to say spoilers, but with the way the, the movie ends, it kind of goes, like, full circle. Um, and I don't really know what they could do with the Detective Pikachu character at this point, just because of the way the movie goes. But, me and my friend were talking about it. You know what I would love? I would love a Pokemon Ranger movie. Or, like, a Mystery Dungeon movie. Mm. Where it's just all Pokemon. Like, The Lion King. <laughs> Forget the trainers. Forget the trainers. Just give me a talking Pikachu, <laughs> as he tries to like, like as he's like a dungeon master or something. Uh. Or, or like I said, a Pokemon Ranger movie where they have to stop like somebody from like stealing the horns off of like Ride Horns or something. They secretly make it a movie about poachers. Yes, it, it, is, <laughs> it is literally just the Wild Thornberries movie. <laughs> give me that. Oh man, well I'm I'm glad it was good. I, I I don't know, like I just Pokemon isn't really like my thing anymore. It's like I feel like I had that moment, and I just kind of keep it in my childhood memory. But I never it never really followed me see, pretty see, much after that. It never stopped with me. I I freaking have um not the most recent one because they were just re-releases of the first game. But I have like uh fuck or the latest ones. It wasn't Sun and Moon. It was um. Point being, I have the most recent one, and I'm going to get the new one when it comes out on a Switch later, when I buy a Switch, when I have money. God, I, I stopped Pokemon after... What came after red and yellow? Uh, gold and silver. Yeah, I think that, I think that was where I, that's where I got off the wagon. In all fairness, that was the best one. Yeah. Those were good times, though. That was... Yeah. Po- Pokemon was like a super... Pokemon is my comfort food. For video yeah. games. It's just yeah. like, oh, I, I, it doesn't matter which one it is. It doesn't matter when it is. I know how to play them. And they make me happy. 
Yeah, if you if you grew up in the Pokemon era, man, it was it was a good time. That era, just bringing cards to school, playing people for their cards. Somehow people had fake cards. That was a thing <laughs> that happened. Uh, dude, if I had a printer back then, it would have been on. <laughs> that and Yu-Gi-Oh. Are you kidding me? Like, I want to say somebody did print out like a like a Yu-Gi-Oh card once, like a, like the Exodia cards. Uh, and try to get away with using them. <laughs> <laughs> and on the one hand, you you know like you, you know that's it, bullshit. You know, get the real get the real thing or get the fuck out. But on the other hand. I mean, it's just paper when you get down to it. It's not like you put them on the pad and they come to life like in the show. Or like oh. there's a hologram or something. It's just, it's just it's fake bullshit. <laughs> it's a fucking piece of paper. Why can't, why can't I print mine out from the internet? My, my only Pokemon regret is that I did not... Well, I, I, I think I lost them during the move, but I had like a whole booklet of Pokemon cards. And I'm pretty sure they would have been worth a lot of money had I not lost them. And I, I had a whole Thunder Pack. And I lost every single one of them. Sad. Somebody out there came up off of my holographic Zapdos that I have. Bastard, wherever you are. <laughs> so somebody got my cards. It's just but, sitting in the street. like a, it's, it's currently residing in the street somewhere in Maryland. Like, yeah. It's yeah. providing some poor insects some food yeah. in these trying economic <laughs> times. Uh Bloody. Well, there you go. You got your mini Pokemon movie review, guys. So, go watch it. Um, yeah, but like I said, everybody I know who's seen it says they they've been saying good things. So, oh, yeah. so just just before we move on, real quick, you want to know my favorite part of the the, the seeing the movie? So when yeah. we got there, we got there a little late, so we didn't see all the trailers. But it was pretty clear that whoever's in charge of putting these trailers together had no idea what type of audience to expect for this movie. Because within the span of, like, four or five trailers, we got the Angry Birds 2 trailer that's for the movie that comes out in August. And then they gave you, like, It 2. <laughs> no, but they gave me they gave us Godzilla, King of, King of Monsters. <laughs> I mean, he's like a Pokemon, you know, same thing. And then that, uh, oh, crap, what's that movie with the girl from, um, Grownish that's coming out, the, the light novel one, where she's, like, an immigrant who's about, who's about to leave, but she, like, Oh, she, and she falls in love with the kid, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't, don't believe in love. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name, but I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, there's one moment or something like that, I think it's called, but that played, um, I want to say... A trailer for um like a rated R trailer played in that. Like I was just like blown away by the fact that they were doing it. Like it's pretty clear whoever's in charge of market was like, We don't know who's gonna come to this movie, but we're just gonna put everything here. Oh, and a dog's journey. Hmm. No Dora trailer though. Very upset. I don't know, man. I saw the Dora trailer, yeah. That is. yeah. Y'all have fun with that one. (laughs) If you don't want a Dora Tomb Raider movie, what's like? There's something wrong with you. Oh no, it it didn't. (laughs) It it, 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 it didn't move the needle for me. You know, I'm I'm glad it got made. I hope people like it. But it, yeah. uh, Now it too. I I saw that trailer and I'm hyped. Um, I haven't seen it one the the first one. Well, I've I've never seen the originals, but I, I watched the remake and it was amazing. 
And I was skeptical about the second one because I thought the best part of the first one was that the kids were like really great actors. And now this is them as the adults. And I thought the adults would be trash. But no, it, it looks it looks great. It, it looks it looks awesome. So I'm my yeah. coworker. I don't know which one he is in the movie, but my coworker babysits for one of the actors, or like she used to babysit. Or no, she was his, she was his kid's preschool teacher. That's uh, what it was. I don't remember which one it was though. And she had like she had she's like best friends with her mom or something, or with or his wife. So whoever he was, he did a great job. They all did. It was a it was a great movie, but there you go. That was our movie spiel. We'll go from Pokemon to talking about people getting punched in the face. <laughs> I mean, people getting you mean people getting slammed through the cage? Uh, yeah, boy, we <laughs> we had some moments last night. Some some moments. But real quick before we get into all of that, uh, you know, as always, shout outs to the listeners. Everybody on Twitter, Tumblr, wherever you are when you listen to this, share, repost, text a friend, put it in somebody's phone at the airport, you're on a date, and they say, you know what, I don't think it's going to work out, and you can be like, you know what, that's fine, but I just want you to listen to this one thing. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just just, send them the episode, and then you can just ghost them. You don't, don't got to reply to anything they say after that, because they're, they're probably going to be mad at you. But, yeah. uh, I, I feel weird telling people to tell other people about the podcast because it is so many fucking podcasts that is true that is true there there are a lot but you know tell them come here like that's like that's like the new that's like the that's the thing like everybody has a podcast now oh man our podcast the new mixtapes yes oh no we're, we're. <laughs> it's gonna be like the internet crashes one day. We're just gonna be in the street with CDs, being like, "You want to get this? You want to get this podcast?" <laughs> podcast with the new mixtape rappers, dude. Oh no! Some like I, I went to the I went to the Barclays earlier this week for um the Liberty China game. Great, great game by the way. Um. Freaking, there was a dude in the street with his boys selling airheads so he could get studio time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, damn. <laughs> bro, get a job, bro. Airheads for audio time. I, 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 gave, I, I gave him a dollar for a grape airhead. I was like, you know what? You're hustling. You're Support. trying. You're trying your best. <laughs> Supporting the cause. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does have a job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm... No, New York is expensive, so... Yeah, no, he's yeah. probably... Be, it's Brooklyn. It's gentrified the hell. He's probably getting priced out his neighborhood. Yeah, how, yeah. This is true. how he fights back. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, that is true. That is true. Oh, boy. We're, we're the new mixtape rappers. Yeah. All right, y'all. This is going to be the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't become a mixtape rapper. But uh, shout-out to the listeners for the week. Top Cities, number one. Uh, Everett, Washington, number two, Lady Lake, Florida, number three, Boynton, Virginia, uh, number four, Austin, Indiana, and at number five, Carlsbad, California. So shout out to you guys. You know, keep sharing, keep coming back. Tell your friends of a friend of a friend. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, as far as today's episode, uh, we'll get into a little bit of news. Uh, not the busiest news week, but. A lot of like last minute bombs that just kind of happened like as of yesterday. And happy Mother's Day for recording this on Mother's Day. 
uh, this morning. So uh, a couple of just random bombs that happened last night, like while the card was going on. And then we'll uh, get into, we'll talk about a little, uh, we'll do a little PFL. They had a nice card. We'll do PFL. Well, I'll br- briefly just kind of run through that. Um, and we'll talk about Bellator and then we'll uh, finish with the UFC card. But um, yeah, so as far as news and notes, um, I will just run this from the top. A uh, couple of big fight announcements. Some of these I have asterisks. Uh, next to you'll know why but anywho uh the big fight that got announced i believe this was like yesterday around the evening um i don't know if this is like super official yet but i guess it's gonna be a thing tony ferguson versus uh donald Cerrone is being targeted for ufc 238 um final form dad Cerrone versus tony ferguson is that's a wild <laughs> that's, that's a wild matchup Props to Cowboy because this is only like what thirty something days after right. his last fight, and I don't I don't even remember what that UFC two thirty eight card was looking like. Is that that's not the one with Jones on it, right? I can't remember. I don't even have it pulled up. I think that's the one in Chicago, and I think it's going to be headlined by uh, yeah, so Huda Moresh. So mm. it's a nice one too. Yeah, so you get that. You have Valentina Shevchenko murdering Jessica I, and yeah. Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone. And Tatiana Suarez, Nina Ansaroff. And there Jimmy you go. Rivera, Peter Young. Ooh, yeah, that's that's good. I might throw money at that one. Actually, I'm, we'll see. <laughs> but, Money's nah. tight, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN Plus and their trash, but whatever. <laughs> but that's, no, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing fight. Um, if, if that does happen, um, moving down, uh, another, uh, another fight, Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa has been booked for the umpteenth time. Uh, they have verbally agreed to fight at UFC 241. That is until one of these two gentlemen gets injured or something happens. So like, I want to get excited about that fight, but, um, it's, it's fell apart so many times that I'm kind of accepting this as the Tony Habib of middleweight. I like to point out, Paul Acosta is literally just coming off a fight with Uriah Hall. And I say just, that fight was almost a year ago. This fight has been booked four times in <laughs> one year. <laughs> it, just, it just might not be meant to be, man. It just it just might not be meant to be. I mean, all that, all that muscle in the cage might cause a rip in the space-time continuum. Like, yeah. The MMA gods might be trying to save us from like a catastrophic event that we're just not... We're not really prepared for. Um, but either who, if that goes down to UFC 241, be prepared for like some Dragon Ball Z-sized craters if they start throwing hands. Um, another fight, this news broke like randomly last night, but I'm going to caution everyone to not believe it until they actually touch gloves. Apparently, Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz have verbally agreed to fight at welterweight. Um, I don't believe that Nate Diaz verbally agrees to anything. And <laughs> See, I'm, the, I'm the complete opposite. I believe ver- Nate uh, verbally agrees to things, and then he just he, they get they send him the contract. He's like, I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> he he looks at the money amount. He's like, Nah, this. He's like, I want to smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, hypothetically, if that fight happens, great. I, I love that matchup. I kind of like Pettis just kind of having these. I don't mind when people do fun fights if they're not, like, holding up divisions or, you know, 
So I, I don't mind Pettis on this little run of where it just kind of seems like he's fighting just kind of random people. But, like, these fights aren't holding up divisions. He's not causing any chaos. It's just it's just a, a fun fight that's still kind of, I don't know if you say it's inconsequential or I said that word wrong, I think. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. But it, it's just a fun fight. But if it does happen, I'm, I'm definitely all for it. That that That's pretty much a guaranteed. These are know. the type of fights Anderson Silva should be having. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but oh god, that fight! All right, yeah, we'll we'll get there. But <laughs> nah, but that you know, keep keep an asterisk on that fight because we all know how Nate Diaz does. Um, you can only take headlines with him with a grain of salt until the fight actually happens. But if it does, it'll be it'll be dope. Uh, moving on down at UFC two thirty nine, uh, Gilbert Gilbert Melendez. We'll be fighting Arnold Allen. I think this is the second or third time this fight has been. Um, wasn't this the last person that Gilbert was supposed to fight? I feel like it was. Has he been booked since? I feel like this has been booked before. Yeah, I know Gilbert had a fight. Whatever his last fight was that got booked, I feel like he had to pull out of. And I feel like it was the same person. Let me check. It's gonna be weird just watching Gilbert fight because it's. Yes, he was supposed to fight Arnold Allen last November. Yeah, that was he got pretty, hurt. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this fight was was the one that got previously booked. So hopefully they actually get to get to square that off. But that'll be at UFC two thirty-nine. So hopefully they both can can stay healthy and we we get to see that scrap. Um, at UFC on ESPN three, we will have Sergio Pettis versus Ricardo Hamos. At UFC Fight Night 154, we will have Cody Stamen versus Rob Font. At UFC Greenville, we will have Matt Wyman, who has not been in the UFC for about four or five years now. Uh, <laughs> he will be back uh, against Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena. And uh, at UFC Minneapolis, we will have Eric Anders versus Manicius Morera. I like to point out, uh, Matt Wyman hasn't fought in five years. And before that, he hadn't fought in almost, like, two years. Yeah. And before that, he hadn't fought in almost two years as well. <laughs> like, yeah. I like to think that Matt, like, I like to think that Matt Wyman's, like, a worldly person. He's just out there just doing, like, crazy shit when he's not fighting. But the reality of the situation is that he might only get, like, one week off from work every couple years. <laughs> so that he could go and be a pro fighter on the weekend. Yeah, it's just... This was one of those matchups. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen his name in a while. And then I'm like, was this the first phone call that we... I, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what, man? You know, all, all the best for Matt Wyman. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it turns out well for you. Um, it's but really, yeah. It's really weird how many people remember Matt Wyman just for the fact that he's just not there anymore. Like, if you go on, like, any MMA forum, you'll get, like, a yearly post... That's like, where's Matt Wyman? Right. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, I feel like I don't really... I would probably remember his fights if I watched him. For me, it's just more so a name thing where I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. He's very and, memorable. Right. And then I look at his record, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. He's fought so-and-so, so-and-so. And then you look at the year the fight happened, it's like, oh, yeah, we have not seen this guy. And See, it, hel it helps when um, dude is just, like, ghost from social media. Like, he, he, he has no Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook. 
The only mention of him I see is on Dancing MMA's like um the the gym. Uh, they they have a picture of him up there. It's like good times with Matt Wyman. Bro, you you can tell that he hasn't fought in a lot a long time by just looking at the names of his last four opponents: Isaac Valeli Flag, E.J. Grant, <laughs> Paul Sass, and Mac Danzig. God. Damn. <laughs> and before that, it was Dennis Seaver and Cole Miller. <laughs> like, those are just names that scream two thousand and you know, twelve. Oh, <laughs> like. <laughs> Man, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe ho- hopefully Matt Wyman has secretly been in the dojo, just going off. But um, that's pretty much all I got for UFC news in terms of fight announcements. Uh, Wait, moving did, down. Right, did, oh. you, did you t- did we talk about Steve Bay DC last week? Yeah, we did. I think we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, moving on to Bellator. Bellator two twenty two has a duo of fight announce uh, announcements. Uh, Aaron Pico, who actually just recently moved his training camp to Jackson Wink, apparently. Uh, he will be fighting Adam Borix. And also on that same card, Heather Hardy will be returning. She will be fighting Taylor Turner. So those will both be at Bellator 222. Um, at Ryzen, we will have a ISKA featherweight uh, world title match. This will be between Tenshin Nasukawa and Ahmed Faraji. Um, so that will be going down at Ryzen 16. And in boxing news, uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman will be going down on July 20th. Um, so that's pretty much all I have for news. Um, do you want to... S- I had a storyline. Well, I, I have just one more thing. And I, I, you're probably going to save it for... Um... Shout out, uh, shots and shout outs, but, uh, Harold Letterman. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say, we, we could start with that. I just, I just don't want us to forget, because it it'd it'd feel wrong. Um, uh, for those who don't know, Harold Letterman was the unofficial judge on HBO broadcasting when, back when he said boxing. Um, not always the most, uh, here's the thing, when you do, like, 20 cards a year, yeah, not all your cards are going to be, like, consensus with what the audience is seeing. But I, I think Letterman did a really good job. Um, he, he, uh, he passed away yesterday, uh, May 11th, after a long battle with cancer at uh, 79 years old. So, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Well, just one of those, like, voices that you just kind of got used to hearing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I went back and looked at like some of his old commentaries. He always just came in like super energized, like, "Hey, I gotta tell you." And then he, okay, he Jim, just, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he'll go off on his spiel. <laughs> but nah, man, yeah, rest in peace to Harold Letterman, man. Just one, one of just one of those voices that you just, if you watch boxing, uh, if you've been a fan of boxing, you just you just kind of got used to hearing his voice. Yeah, and, and it's, you, yeah. you tell the dude really loved this sport. Yeah, and may he rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to to Harold Letterman. Um, that was a story I did not write this down. Oh, okay, yeah, but I remember what I want to talk about. Uh, before we get into the fights, um, 
you you called this uh, I feel like a while ago, but just to rehash because they put out the numbers of what the last pay per view did on ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. um, and apparently the and that was UFC two thirty six. Yes, was the uh, Poirier and um Holloway. Yeah, Poirier Holloway. So apparently, uh, as you all know, that was the first card that. Uh, they switched the format that all pay-per-views would just be strictly on ESPN Plus. So that was the, per- the first pay-per-view where that pretty much came into effect. And the numbers came out a couple days ago. They were not very great <laughs> at all. Um, apparently that card, was it uh, under 100,000? Under 100,000. Yeah. Which would make it, I think the only cards that are comparable is like the Nunez Shevchenko 2 card. Which I think didn't break a hundred thousand. I could be wrong. I think it hit like eighty thousand. But yeah, no, that's not good like at all. Mm-mm. Um but at the same time I like and I think we talked about this. Um like ESPN did not do pay the UFC this amount of money for it to be successful. Like uh which is I which is an odd thing to say but um how do I put this? All ESPN cares about right now is making is inflating the um this the user base of ESPN Plus. They don't care how much it costs. They don't care how much uh they they lose in the immediate future as long as it gets some gets them to their number goal, which I think is supposed to be like four million users by twenty twenty one or two. Yeah. Um, they actually came out in their uh, their their uh, stakeholders report and said we expect to lose 1.2 billion dollars over 2019 and 2020, and maybe 2021, um, with ESPN Plus, and that's because rights are going to be up for the NFL um, around that time. Streaming rights, so it, that's that's ESPN's primary concern. Um, so like it doesn't matter that these cards don't do well. It sucks for the fighters because I don't know like how their contracts got renegotiated to factor in um, the fact that you know just the ESPN money is one guaranteed and two like your your points are gonna go down if they're based on how many you're gonna sell. Um, so that sucks. It sucks as a consumer because, you know, there are a ton of people who don't want to buy the ESPN Plus app to fu- to buy cards. But from ESPN's standpoint, if they're the sole holders of the U- uh, the UFC, like, uh, pay-per-view buying market, then it's worth it if it drives up the amount of people who are going to buy ESPN Plus. You feel yeah. me? Like... So if, yeah, like, and here's, like, Max and Dustin and uh, Rose and Andrade, like, they, they, they are not pay-per-view draws. Like, I, I don't think we'll know for sure what the, what the ceiling is on this thing until a Conor McGregor or a John Jones fights, because that's basically all there is in terms of, like, okay, who's an actual, who actually puts money in our pocket when they fight on pay-per-view. All right. And you know Jones is over here dragging Anthony Smith to about like a six fifty buy rate, so um, we'll find out in July, I guess. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. But yeah, it seems like ESPN's playing the long game. So if you see more numbers like this, I mean, it, it's not good. But at this point, like I think the numbers on ESPN and just the, like the, are the only like that. And that's the other thing. Like that's the only hard metric we have for success nowadays. And like fight night cards are so vol like volatile because like there's always going to be competition. It's never going to be like your best foot forward. It's always going to be somebody who's either on the rise or maybe like kind of in contention. Main a headline those cards. So and that's the only hard. That's the only metric we have for like success now. Which is crazy. Yeah. So it, I expected the numbers to be low, but they were somehow worse <laughs> than what I thought. Dude, like um, I was but, like, they'll they at least do you know a hundred, maybe a buck twenty. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, they they didn't know. Like Max by himself on pay per view was do like I shouldn't say by himself because he was fighting Aldo, but like he was doing what like two fifty max. Like this is the first strawweight tight like title fight to headline the card. I don't expect it to do well. Um, but like for Max and Dustin, I was just like, okay. Connor Khabib did like five hundred thousand. That's the most they ever did on UFC TV. And that one didn't have a real barrier to entry except for you have to have a UFC account. And even then, I think you were able to buy as like a guest or something. All right. So, but like here, you're asking for like a double paywall type deal, and that's just going to block even more people out. All right. So the fact that it did it, like if it did 80,000 people, I'm not going to say that's a success, but that's probably more than I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to do like 50. Well, we'll we'll see how they do moving forward. But yeah, like you said, it'll, it'll be interesting when you get a how how does it do it for Connor Ward Jones pops up and how many people will be willing to jump over to the platform? They'll, they'll probably cancel the next day, but just, just to see if the numbers yeah, like have you, a huge spike or not. You can and you can tell that's what ESPN cares about because if they wanted to, they could just make it so like okay, um, if you pay for ESPN Plus, like you get the five dollar, you get the the five dollar discount, so it's like sixty dollars. And if you don't have an ESPN Plus account, you can do the sixty five dollars. Like they don't care about selling pay per views; they care about getting subscribers onto ESPN Plus so that when the rights come up for other sports that they really want, they can uh, they can get bank off those. Uh, streaming wars, people. It's not going to get any prettier. Nope. <laughs> Hey, on the bright side, if you're uh, if you're one of those people looking for Disney Plus, um, apparently they're trying to find a way to bundle Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus because Disney mm. owns all three. So, mm. boy, Disney, Disney owns everything, guys. They're gonna own you soon. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost like we should have antitrust laws to stop this type of thing. But mm. who am I to say? It's another, it's another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on the numbers. We'll we'll, we'll see how that does. Just wanted to throw that uh, little story out there. I felt like I had another news story, but I honestly don't remember it, so I'm gonna assume it wasn't too important. Um, I feel like Bellator did a thing. <clears throat> uh, I don't know. 
Uh, it's whatever. It's yeah. whatever. If it comes, we'll remember. There's it, so it. much stuff. Yeah. It's just a game. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, was it the DAZN viewers? Was that what it was for uh, Canelo J- uh, Jacobs? I don't even remember. What, what was it? Uh, so, okay, just real quick. Uh, Canelo Jacobs, apparently globally, 1.2 million people watched the fight live. About 600,000 of those people were from the U.S. Um, apparently, the estimated revenue for the entire event was about $50 million, which is slightly more than the $48 million they paid Jacobs and Canelo combined. Um, and if I remember correctly, the plan was for the zone to have a million uh, paid subscribers on lock after the three, uh, the, the Triple G, the Canelo, and the Joshua fights happened. I don't know if they had a million subscribers before, um, before uh, Canelo. Like, I, I don't know what their global reach is, because you know, they have the UFC in Japan, and I think Germany. Um, they have the NFL and baseball or they had the NFL and baseball and all the other countries they operate in besides the U.S. Um, so I don't, like, I don't know if it was, like, a global goal or, like, a U.S. goal, but, like, 600,000 people, probably more than they had before, like, by a lot in the U.S. Because they started, like, what, in June or July here? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not bad. Um, I don't think, <clears throat> if their goal is a million people by the, uh, by the end of the summer... They're not gonna hit it with uh with Glovkin and Joshua. Like Joshua's the numbers are low for Joshua. Um like uh, And to be honest, I think they're gonna get lower. Like I, I think <laughs> I feel but, like people are losing favor with him. But I, I I think I think the biggest problem was he wasn't fighting in the US. So he wasn't doing like any US media. Like you, right. you weren't gonna see him on ESPN. I still don't know if you're going to see him on ESPN because that's the thing with ESPN. They have a, a like three or four whole channels where they can just hawk the shit out of ESPN Plus. The Zone is just a streaming service. Like it ha- like it pays for any type of marketing it does. Right. So, you know, the fact that they have like 600,000 people just in the US is actually pretty amazing cuz like I think the highest that Fight pass ever got was like four hundred thousand, and it might not be the goal they hit, but god damn, that's like that's pretty good. I mean, it helps when I mean we we we've said before about their platform, like they may not. I still wish they had just more content because as much as I you know I pay for it, it's not something I use super often. It's not something you use weekly. Yeah, and the fight archive itself is shit. Like, it, but, it, it's a lot like ESPN's. Yeah, but but it helps when the fighters you do have, especially in terms of boxing, like you got the names. Oh like, yeah, and yeah. May's a good month for them. Like it re- like May into early June is pretty good. Like they, you know they got the they have the big three: Canelo, Joshua, Glovkin. Um, they have uh the tournament coming up. Um, the uh, the w, the World Boxing Super Series tournament. They have uh Nayo Inoue. They have Josh Taylor. Um. There's a Road FC card this week and a KSW card this week. Um, they had a whole bunch of stuff actually coming up. Now I remember. Um, but yeah, like the the th- the problem is you have to have like this every month, 
And I don't think they're like they can put the resources together to do that. Listen, man. Oh, <laughs> it won't it won't move the needle much. Oh, and they had Bellator last night. Yeah, which was great. <laughs> which we'll we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, yeah, they just I feel like they're like they're almost there. Like they just need I don't know what else it is they need. Like if, I, I still would they, love for them to get like LFA. If they could get like a Shudo. Or, like, um, just, like, one of those cards that just run, like, every week or every month. Right. Like, an LFA-type card. Because LFA will give you, like, 20 what cards if, a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if like, they had something like that, or, like, just for us, personally. Like, I don't know about, like, boxing. Like, they, boxing, they have cards every week. Problem is, it's, like, Eddie Hearn's boys. And, like, outside of Joshua, who does he really have that interests you? Um, like, and that was always that's gonna be the problem with uh, the zone. Like, they're 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 gonna have to put on like the the fielding fight did not do well for them. The Canelo fielding fight, they have to put on fights that people want to see and tune in for and pay twenty dollars for. All right, but they also have to like do that at a consistent enough basis to make it worth their like to, to make it worth their while because if you put on. Like, if they do September, and they do Canelo, and they do Glovkin, what's next? Canelo yeah. wins. Who's he fighting next? Because, like, you can't go back to having him fight, um, like, a Rocky Fielding. You can't, because, like, nobody's going to tune in for it. No one wants to pay $20 for that. Right. Especially, you... it's such a, it's so much more inconvenient than, like, doing it through, like, HBO. I'm saying, why you guys are... Scratching your heads trying to find a fight, you know, times are ticking. Like, you guys are sitting there with not a lot of content, and UFC and everybody else is they're, they're just throwing fights out there. Like, so you, you, you know got, what else what I would love if they were to pick up one of these um Japanese boxing New Year's Eve cards because hmm. they they load them shits up and it's always great. You'll get like a Naya Inoue on there. You'll get like a, like a Kazumi Ioka. Um, the Tanakas, like... Do they have any, um... They don't have any kickboxing, do they? I, I don't think so. Like, I, that, that's a market for them. Like, uh, dude, get, get K1 on there. Get, um... Dude, if they had K1 on there, are you me? I'd sign up for the year. Um, K1, any of these, like, Eastern European kickboxing promotions. Like, I, I think the problem is they're just like, okay... Who's going to watch these cards? It's going to be people in Japan. It's going to be people in East Europe. Like, and then like the weirdos like us who like want to watch weird shit. Right. <laughs> we just watch anything. Yeah. So like, okay, we give Japan a million, like the Japanese promotion, um, or Shudo or K One, two million dollars for rights for a year. Do we? Does that level of investment payoff in the long term right i think k1 would be a good start though uh, if like i'd be totally down with k1 because the yeah. only way to watch it right now is do like a like you have to get like a vpn and yeah it's, like, it's a lot of work yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work or like a kunlun fight yeah that would be cool too i'd be down with that but i think they have a deal with like fight tv or something we'll see though yeah this they just need like we, we've said this about the zone before they just need some more, some more slot fillers. Just more things that'll actually make me use the app a little more. Yeah, like just, 
for, at this for, point, it just sits there. Just, yeah, like for all the UFC's faults, they put on like 45 cards a year, and though we complain, we watch every single one of them. Right. <laughs> and the zone is just like, oh, Bellator has a card this week. All right, I guess I'll use this app that I kind of forgot about. Or you know. like, oh, wait, um, fucking, this random Eddie Hearn fight is happening this weekend. Do right. I really want to sit down and watch it? Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, the, the, the streaming wars, is, it's just interesting how it's, 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 like, sapped into everything. Like, every form of entertainment is somehow being affected by streaming wars, somehow. I can't believe Netflix really isn't doing the live sports thing. Yeah, that yeah, that that's another. Yeah, that that is like one market they haven't really like tapped into. According to the the CEO, like they they focus a lot on binge binge watching and people like replaying the thing, and they were like, people don't really go back and watch old, um, you know, basketball and football games, and they're just like they go back and watch fights. Like, that I'm, is I'm pretty sure uh, the UFC's fight pass thing is driven primarily by people who want to watch all the fights. No, but see, I, I just use it for research. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot so-and-so fought so-and-so back in 2014. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just get the odd, like, urge to watch, I don't know, like, Ray Borg versus Justin Scott. I'll go back right. and watch the fight. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years just to see how that... You know who has live sports? Hulu. Mm. But you have to pay like forty five dollars a month for it. Jeez. Yeah. And yeah, no, crazy. We, we ain't doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even pay for Hulu now. I get it because <laughs> I have a Spotify account. You get out of here, Hulu. <laughs> like I was trying to watch because the 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 uh, the WNBA signed that deal with the CBS Sports. I was like, oh wait, CBS Sports is on Hulu Live. And then uh, I looked at it. It was like, oh, they want forty five dollars for the whole bundle. I was like, I, I want to do that. Yeah, y'all playing. Yeah, no, so CBS Sports has, like, a $5 a month thing where you can go back, you can watch live sports, and you can go back and watch the archive thing for, uh, with commercials, so I'm going to do that for the summer. Get me up on this basketball. There we go. Oh, that's all we got for uh, news and notes and uh, ESPN Plus and the zone spills. So let's get to some fights. Had There were actually a lot of cards this weekend. Um, but we're just going to focus on three of them. Because I think, actually, UFC, Bellator, PFL, um, one championship had a card on Friday. LFA had a card. There was boxing this weekend. Um, but we're just going to focus on PFL, Bellator, and the UFC. Um, so we'll start. Uh, it'll, it'll be kind of brief. Uh, I'll just run through PFL 1. I didn't get a chance to rewatch any of these fights, so my memory's a little sketchy. But um, PFL 1 went down. Thursday night, because, you know, that's what PFL does. They hold it down on Thursdays. You got to find uh, your market, bro. I appreciate uh, them trying different things. I do. I, and I, I, I appreciate like them aping Tachi Pellet's fights. <laughs> I, I like the Thursday night, you know, thing they got going. It, it, it's just a random night, but it just, it's, it's cool. It's yeah. their own little... They have their own little lane. They they know where they fit, and they just, you know. And they got, like, 157,000 people on ESPN2. I feel bad because I couldn't watch live. I still haven't gone back and watched it. Well, most of the cards anyway, but like, I feel bad because I, uh, I was at the game for that card. I mean, to be honest, I went back and watched this on ESPN Plus on 
Did I watch this yesterday? I think I watched this yesterday when I got off of work. And it, <laughs> if you watch just the main card, it was actually pretty quick. Um, these fights did not last very long. Uh, so I would just run this from the top. Uh, main event, this card was headlined by Kayla Harrison and Larissa uh, Pacheco. Pacheco? I don't know if I'm saying that right. But um, I think this was actually the only fight I want to say on the main card that went the distance. Um, yes. Kayla Harrison had a pretty, she, you know, she did Kayla Harrison things, took it down, kind of beat her up. But I think this was probably the one fight, well, clearly you look at the record, this is definitely the most experienced person that Kayla or Harrison has fought. Um, somebody who just wouldn't willingly go away. You know, she, she really had to to work for what she got. Um, hence, it's going for a decision. An impressive win, but, you know, she was very disappointed with herself after the fact. I think they said she actually cried leaving the uh, leaving the ring because she wanted to get a finish so bad and end up going to decision. But like, she had a pretty a pretty solid performance against, like I said, a, a, the most experienced fighter that she's pretty much ever competed against. I mean, I get her frustration. Like Pacheco did get stopped by uh, Jermaine Duranami and like Jess Gundraj, so. Like, if you're somebody who has, like, 20 pounds on her, as opposed to those other two who one is significantly... Well, not, I shouldn't say smaller. Pacheco was, like, a... Pacheco was, like, a twig. But, um... Yeah, no, I get the frustration, because... But... Especially in the format that they have. Yeah, where points and finishes actually, you know, they, they count for something. Right. Um, But I want to say... I don't have it pulled in front of me, so don't quote me. But I think she's, like, number two or three in the standings. Uh, I think she's tied for number two because all the other girls on, uh, well, yeah, all the other women on this card uh, besides Sarah Kaufman didn't get finishes. So. Yeah. So, but either way, she she held it down. She did her thing. We'll, we'll see how she does in the uh, in the second round. But she advances um, in the co-main event. Uh, Magomed, Magomed Karamov uh, fought John Howard. He guillotined him inside of one round. <laughs> So he, he got his finish and got out of there real quick. Uh, Ray Cooper III was definitely happy to see him back. Uh, he fought against Zane Kamaka. His uh, cousin. He... Oh, really? Yes. Did not know that. Oh, that makes the end of this fight even more interesting. Because, <laughs> so, I don't... Oh, yeah, you said you didn't see this. Yeah. He put a little, a little mustard on that choke. Like, he, he sunk it in there for a little... He snuck an extra second or two with that choke on. I don't know if there's some family, you know, somebody messed up the potato salad at the last outing and he, <laughs> he took it out on him. But, um, no, nah, good, good to see Cooper back, man. Um, he, he got a nice finish, had a little mustard on that choke, but, uh, he, he advances, got a second round finish. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Sarah Kaufman fought Morgan Freire. She was the only, a woman who did get a first-round finish. She actually made pretty quick work of Morgan, uh, threw some hands, got on the ground, sunk in an arm triangle choke, and that was pretty much all that was. So <laughs> congrats to Sarah Kaufman. Uh, she is number one in the lightweight uh, women's tournament rankings, point system, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I think the last fight on the main card uh, was Sabadu C versus David Machout. Um I think I completely butchered his name. Oh, Sadabu. I said Sadabu. Um, fight only lasted all of 17 seconds. Uh, 
Sadabu landed a really nice body kick, and Machado just kind of, you know, it was one of those delayed, you know, he caught him with the kick, he backed up for a second, and then he felt it, he dropped, got finished with some ground and pound, and that was just kind of it. So Sadabu, like, didn't even really get touched. Like, he, he just went in there, did work, and left. Um, so it was a pretty good main card. Um, also, quick shout-outs. I did watch the prelims, which were pretty fun, too. Uh, Shout-outs to Chris Curtis and Andre uh, Fiajo. They had a pretty good fight. Chris Curtis boxed uh, <laughs> he boxed Andre up. It was, it was a pretty fun fight. Um, and I, I enjoyed them on the ESPN Plus platform. Um, like I said, even ever since they've just transitioned to this rebrand of the PFL, like I feel like the production value has gone up. And being on ESPN, I feel like, you know, makes it only that much better. Um, but it, it was a solid, it was definitely a, a good card. I like what PFL is doing. I like the direction they're headed in. They they have their own little thing going on. And I feel like they just kind of exist in their own little world. But I, I like what they're doing. Um, but real come on, I'm going to have to give them one piece of criticism. I think they missed a golden opportunity. Um, I don't have you seen the PFL Kevin Hart commercials? Uh, I saw like I was really confused because I wasn't looking at the TV and I heard a bunch of like noises and I looked up it was Kevin Hart and I looked back down because I was just completely lost interest. They're not they're not good. Yeah. So the the commercials like uh, what was it like we got lightweights, middleweights, well, light heavyweights and heavyweights. That's a lot of weights. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're trying to. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I don't find I don't find Kevin Hart funny when he's doing jokes that he actually like. <laughs> he actually set up himself like. But the, the thing is, like it, it, I don't even understand like how that was supposed to even be. I don't know what that was. Like whoever wrote that commercial, I don't understand what they. Yeah, Kevin what... Hart wrote that commercial three seconds before they started the <laughs> commercial. He must have just. <laughs> He must have just freestyled it because I don't know. Yeah, he showed up to say, "He's like, what is this?" He's just like, "Dude, you own a percentage of the PFL." He's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and then at the very end of the commercial, he like does this fake teardrop thing, and he's like, "I think I'm gonna cry." And I'm like, guys, if this was y'all's attempt to be funny, you you know what? Matter of fact, no PFL. Somebody from PFL definitely fucking wrote that. Yeah, it it was bad, and it, it's. It's, it's such a missed opportunity because you have, like, the biggest comedian on earth at your disposal to do commercials for you. And, like, you completely botched the commercial. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the card was great, but uh, your marketing, y'all, y'all got to do another, um, that ain't it. That that ain't it. Whack. I remember the commercial for all the wrong reasons. Um, he did the little fucking, like, the shadow boxy one. I was really confused for a second because I thought it was a fighter. I'm like, why would they do this to him? And then I realized it was Kevin Hart. He has trained with Rico Verhoeven. That was the thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Wiz Khalifa trained with uh, Sunshine. Mm. Wiz out here cocked Diesel, though. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw Wiz, oh, this is not the same guy in the black and yellow video from all that time ago. But, uh,. Yeah, that that commercial kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Not a not a good commercial. But anywho, other than that, man, PFL one that was a pretty good card. So if you have ESPN Plus, you can just go back and watch the whole thing. Literally, I think the main card 
lasted like maybe a little over an hour. But if you just fast forward and just strictly watch the fights, it, it was even quicker than that. So go back and give that a look um, if you did not get a chance to catch it. All right, man. I can't even say which of these cards is the main event because they both were like awesome. Oh, all right. I got some gripes with the UFC card. It's not their fault. It's just how some of the fights ended. But these were both really good cards. I can't <laughs> I can't remember the last time I watched like two cards at the same time and like my emotions were all over the place. Like I felt like Bellator made me extremely happy and then the UFC was just toying with my soul the entire night. I but, mean, when you when you're banking on a bunch of dudes who have a foot out the door <laughs> to provide the good feels for the night, like maybe yes, maybe don't put them with guys who are younger and like maybe not faster, but just as fast and probably a little bit more durable. Like you know, just thought, yeah. Like how much of the UFC card was just? old guy gets beat by younger guy who is just more athletic and just still all physically there. To be honest, if it wasn't for Bellator, Brazil would have had a terrible <laughs> an overall terrible night. Yeah, like Bellator did more for Brazil than yeah. the UFC card, which took place in Brazil. Yeah, because uh, boy, if it wasn't for Andrade, that stadium just would have I feel bad for her because so many people left after Anderson. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Cause yeah, yeah. I almost left. <laughs> I told uh, I told Joey, man, I picked up my ball and I was almost going home after that. That was, <laughs> that was almost time for me to get out of here. <laughs> but um, sticking with Bellator, um, oh, this Bellator 221. Yes. Uh, went down last night. What a complete card. From Man. the tomfoolery that was Jake Hager versus <laughs> CJ Jones. Yeah. But Bell Bellator, <laughs> this card encapsulated everything of what Bellator is and can be. Like, it at can be best great. And at its yeah. worst, and then at its worst best, which is just the best of the worst. Right. <laughs> Ugh, loved it. Yeah, loved it. Every second of it. Um, I can't really talk about the prelims because, like like I said, this this card and the UFC card were happening simultaneously. So I watched the UFC prelims up until 9 o'clock when Bellator's main card started. And then I switched over to Bellator. And then I think after the... I think it was after the Jack Swagger fight. I had the DAZN app on my phone. And then I had UFC on my laptop. So I was just going back and forth <laughs> I, I will say if uh i heard i didn't watch it um the fight with uh what's his name lightning amara uh i cannot pronounce that name for the life of me that first name but uh amar took uh armart oh yeah 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 he has a lot of syllables yeah amar uh amar it looks like kukin who He's the Mongolian fighter. He fought Adam Ward on the prelims. I heard that was just an insane ass war. So if you're interested, go check that out. But that's the only thing I heard from the prelims. 
Right. Yeah, his name is Kukenhu Armat. You'll, you'll know when you see his name. He got the longest name on the card. Yeah. Watch his fight. <laughs> so, and by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be up on Bellator's um, uh, up on their site. Yeah, so you can go check it out. But um, Bellator's main card, man. This main card was heat, man. This, this, we got some moments on this card, boy. Like we got some moments. So just starting from the top, man. A fight that I've been waiting for. I've been wanting to see this fight. For a very, very, very long time. Um, I wasn't sure if it was ever going to happen, but at the rate these two gentlemen were going, where they had fought everybody except each other, I felt like this fight was inevitable at some point. Patricio Pitbull, featherweight champ, one of Bellator's all-time greats, going against Michael Chandler, lightweight champ, pretty much same story, <laughs> one of Bellator's all-time greats, and he's pretty much been like the face of the company you could say he he's pretty much like the the bellator golden boy so to speak um two guys you know who've been just really great in their own right who like legit don't like each other you know chandler clean <laughs> patricky's chin you know so we we got some personal beef going on in here just there, there was a lot building up to this fight and uh, a, a very awkward uh face off on a top of a building with like right weirdest, <laughs> with, with guys who i'm 100 percent sure weren't real security but were like dudes who just work at the viacom office right <laughs> yeah they, they they were there in case things got too got got too real got too heated but um man this <laughs> I'm a little sad because as as much as I anticipated this fight, it ended so quick. But I, I can't even really be surprised because like both these guys have good power. They're both athletic. They're both explosive. And there's always like shenanigans with their fights. Yeah, yeah. Like pit bulls are more like I want to say MMA oriented. Chandler's are just like complete laps and like luck. Yeah. Uh, like you just, his are just like that shouldn't really have happened to you, but life just doesn't like you right now. Like <laughs> going back to dropping that uh, that decision to Eddie Alvarez in a fight, he probably should have won. To like the 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 fucking uh, the um, I always forget his name the the Brooks fight. Yeah, Will Brooks. Yeah, where he 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 just forgets he's in the fight for like after he gets knocked. The second time. The first time he loses a split decision that he arguably wins. And, and then, like, breaking his ankle in the, the Brent Primus fight. Right. He just... He's had one... He's had a great career, but he's had these stretches where it's just like, what happened? Like, <laughs> like what happened right here? And Patricio has just had fights where... Um, fights like the Daniel Vitual fight where it's like, oh, man, he's, he's getting cleaned up. And then out of nowhere, he just kills a man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it, yeah. really bizarre. It's only like, it was only fitting, I guess, that this fight ended the way it did. It did not last long at all. Literally, just a little over a minute. Um, both came out pretty antsy, ready to go. I don't even remember really what happened before the. I don't think much happened before the punch. So Pitbull landed that overhand right like three times before <laughs> the one that actually knocked uh, Chandler out. Like, and they weren't counters to anything. They were just punches. It was really weird. Um, 
Yeah, no, he catches him like three different times. And then Chandler throws a jab. And gets countered over the top with it and goes down. And, um. Yeah, so. The, the, I guess the, the talking point from the fight, from, uh, from everybody on Twitter anyway, was the, the stoppage. Which live looks bad, but on replay. Wait, yeah, he was out. He, he, he was done he was for up. like a hot like, second. Like, when he got clipped behind the ear and he fell, like he immediately turtled up for one. And like by the time the second like follow up punch landed, he clearly wasn't responding. Yeah. Like he like, was it's just. It's hard there. to tell because he was still on all fours. Like he he wasn't like like you know my knees gave out. I'm prone on the ground or whatever. Right. But like if you, the 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 live angle was bad for to tell, but like they did the replay from the other side, and this man was staring into the mat, yeah, like head bobbing every time Pitbull hit him. And I, get, I think that him punching him probably woke him up again. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, it always looks bad when, like, they're out for, like, a second and then they just kind of pop back up to life. But it's like, in those couple of seconds when he was out, like, he, he was out. He was, like, and that's the thing. He was, like, he was turtled up, but he wasn't turtled up, like, arms guarding the head or anything. He was just face down on the ground. Yeah, he was just laying there. He was just there to be hit. And then by the time he popped back up, it was over. And... That what a way, just <laughs> it was just like, wow, that just that just happened. Like, speed kills, bro. Yeah, like Chandler is a fast one fifty five er, but Pitbull got some fast ass hands, just, mm. and just like he, like I just being the shorter dude, I guess he's just used to throwing the jab over the uh, throwing the uh, the counter right over the jab. Yeah, I was gonna say he he's probably yeah like. He's used to fighting. Even at featherweight, like, most people have a reach or a, a height advantage over him. Yeah, dude, dude's a bantamweight. Dude, yeah, dude, like, he's a little... Ready. Right. <laughs> he, he, I feel like he's only 45 because he's kind of stocky. Like, he's he's a muscular dude. Yeah, like, but, if, yeah. If Pitbull was in the UFC, he'd be a bantamweight. Yeah. And that, that boy, boy, he can crack, man. Yeah. He he got some power in those hands. and Best Bellator fighter ever. Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty much what this... I think what this fight was was for, um, yeah. And I and I've had that debate. I, th- I think we've talked about that before on here, maybe once or twice about who who was, who was the better between those two in terms of site record overall place in Bellator. And mm-hmm. hey, man, Pitbull, <laughs> he he proved it, man. Got two straps now at forty five and fifty five. And the crazy thing is. He's got enough power. He can do that to anybody at 55 if he lands on him. Oh, yeah. Are you yeah, kidding he, me? He can put any of them out. Like, yeah, Pitbull could knock the shit out of um, Adam Piccolotti or, like, Goiti Yamuchi. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he might legit have a little run at 55. But then, I don't know, because, like we said, his, his fights sometimes go weird, too. So you never, you never really know, but... The skill is up there, man. And, and I've been saying for years, he, he's he's a legit top fighter, like, in the world. Like, dude is... He, that man's a beast. He, he, he is legit. He may have some wacky fights sometimes, but skill for skill, I, I, I'm, he can hold his own against anybody. That yeah, that guy... He is, he is legitimately great. Um, yeah. It, it, like, it... 
how do I parse this? Um, I got feel for Michael Chandler. Like, I re I think he's on the downside. Like, I don't know, it's just something about his game recently has been like, okay, you are obviously slowing down. And it's not crazy, he's 33 years old, he's been fighting for what, over a decade now? A decade now? Yeah, and he's been in some, he's been in some wars himself. Yeah, like, when, when your first big fight is like, you going to war with Eddie Alvarez. Like, like you're bound to, like, and his, like we said, his career's been wacky. So, and that, a lot of that wackiness has ended with him getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah. <laughs> or hurting a part of his body. Yeah. Almost losing a leg. The, yeah, it's, it's... The highlight of my life was, um, I, I tweeted that, some dude, a uh, boxer, uh, he was fighting, like, shell boxing, and, like, he got punched so hard that he also forgot he was in a fight. And I tweeted, this dude got Michael Chandler. And Michael Chandler responded with an LOL, yeah, that's scary. At least he's a good sport about it. Like, he, he obviously name-searched himself, so I didn't right. tweet, like, because I didn't tweet directly at him, but, but like, I, I appreciate that he's a good sport about it. Yeah. And I, I feel for Chandler in the fact that it's, like, He's one of those guys, he's been around for a while. In terms of Bellator, he's fought the who's who. He's been there, done that. And it's it's almost, you look at his career and it's like, I don't even know what else, like, if you stay in Bellator, I don't know what else you do at this point. Because it's like, you, there's, right, that's, that's, all, that's all there is to do. Because you've, you've accomplished everything. Like, you've been... You've been a champ multiple times. You've beaten all of the best guys, I guess minus <laughs> Pitbull now, which I'm pretty sure he'll want he'll he'll want to run that back. Um, right, like, and it's not like like you say he ran through he's basically run through the entire Bellator lightweight division at this point. Like, unless Bellator does like goes out and gets somebody, whether that be a Will Brooks or like. I, like, I don't even know who else they could get because the UFC doesn't let anybody go anymore. None of the PFL guys are going to leave when they have a shot to make a million dollars. All right. So unless they go get like a Russian dude or Mansoir Baroni from um, Road FC or something like that, like I, I don't know where they're at. Like I'm looking at the list of top 155ers out there. Basically none of them are American. Like... And you, you know they want an American in that spot. Like, yeah, I don't... Like Johnny Case, would they go out and get Johnny Case? Would they go out and get, um... I don't know, like a... Uh, what's his name? Marcin Held? Who already had a Bellator stint. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, like... Yeah, it's... He, he's, in, he's in a rough spot, man. And it's not like I don't think that he can still compete. It's just that it's just uh, other than getting revenge on Pitbull, I just I don't know what else is. Like, do you just go for like the dead end fights with the middle of the division? Like, do you right. want to fight Goiti Yamaguchi again? Right. Or do you want to fight Adam Piccolotti? Or do you want to fight um, I don't know, Dave Rickles or something like that? Like list of Bellator fighter because like I'm tr I'm trying to think like. 
who they none of the dudes they had like lined up to replace some of these top the lightweights have like panned out. Nicolati yeah. was the closest. Um, I would just be Brandon Gertz. Um, uh, like, would do you want to fight Zayad Awad, Chandler? Like, yeah, that's a fight that's never happened. I mean, it, it'd probably be fun, but yeah, I just I don't know. And then for Pitbull, I'm wondering that puts him in an interesting spot too, because. They're you know. doing the Bellator Featherweight Grand Prix this fall. Does he take part in that? Does he hold up the lightweight division? Does he just defend that lightweight while he waits for somebody to come out the Grand Prix? Cause that like we'll get and we'll get to him to a second, but like I think the next fight for him should be AJ McKee. Hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It, it puts this fight put both of them in like a weird. Well, better for Pitbull. He got two belts, so <laughs> it's it's fine. They're all things considering. But you just wonder, like, what, what what matchups are we going with after this, you know, smoke settles and all that. But, no, nah, that that was a great moment. And just considering how the co-main event ended, which we're about to get to, great way to finish off a card. Just just awesome way to finish off a card, man. I, I was on a, a really good emotional high when... When he landed that punch, and he after he wins, he just runs to the cage. It, it was an awesome moment. Um, so shout out to Patricio Pitbull, man. He's he, he put his flag on the top of the hill as the 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 goat <laughs> Bellator fighter. Um, somebody else though who might not be too far behind, who we might have to start. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, you got you got to start throwing his name in the conversation. Uh, moving on to the co-main event, uh, Douglas Lima versus MVP Michael Venom Page. Man, Le- Lima's been Lima was my favorite fighter outside of the UFC for a long time because of watching him in Bellator. Because the man, like I just remember way back when he, for some reason, used to fight Ben Saunders eighty times. <laughs> He's had a lot of classic knockouts of him just like murdering dudes, man. Um, yeah, and then we, we were talking about this before we started recording. Lima's one of those guys that he is an OG of OGs in Bellator. Like, he was around when the Bellator prelims was the truck driver versus the middle school teacher. Like, he was around in those days. Dude, he was around when they were getting, like, they when they were on MSG up here, and that was their only TV deal. And they were getting, like, pushed back for replays of hockey games. Yeah. Like, they were aired on tape delay so that we could rewatch the Rangers game or something. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's, uh, he, he has really stuck it out, man. And this is a guy who easily, with his talent, he could have went into other promotions and probably would have easily gotten signed. But man, he he really just he stuck around. He got the belt. He lost the belt. Um, Eight years, bro. He debuted yeah. at Bellator forty nine. Mm. Yeah. True, true, true. OG of Bellator, man. He he steps in against MVP. Um, this was a fight that as soon as the brackets were were put out when this tournament was announced, I was like, I want to see this fight. It was MVP and Daly and MVP and Lima. I was like, these two fights will tell me. What I need, what I 
need to know or might reconfirm just what I already know. And I think for a lot of us, it confirmed of what we of what we knew. We just needed to see it like play out. Um, so th- this style of American kickboxing karate, like we've known for a very long time how to beat it. Like um, Raymond Daniels getting his ass handed to him by uh, Joseph Vatolini mm. in Glory. Or um, crap, what was the other dude's name? Point being, we know we we know we know how this style of American kick, uh, karate slash kickboxing goes. Like you kick their legs, they don't defend, they go down eventually. And it took uh, Lima around to really get the the timing down. That's but, exactly what happened. I see, but boy, when he got it, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean. To, to MVB's credit, he had he had a good first round. Uh, he came out pretty active. He was landing uh, some leg kicks. He you know he he was doing his old MVP thing. You you know how he I, fights. Yeah, it's, like right right before the uh, the the end of the fight, he tagged him with a really good punch. Like yeah, it seemed to hurt Lima. He caught him like right on the the side of the head. But like the entire time I was watching this fight, if if you watched a lot of Lima's fights, he's not um he's not like super active. But I think, like, defensively, he does a great job of... For one, he, the man is, like, never rattled, no matter what happens. I've never seen Lima panic, like, ever. Like, there are probably moments he should have panicked. Because sometimes I almost feel like he's too lackadaisical. Yeah. But, like, the man is always under control. And... He has good eyes. Yeah. He... He's very aware of what's happening in there. Yeah. Very, very, very aware. So even when he got clipped, he, he, got, he got rocked, he got caught on the side of the head... But I'm just looking at the way this fight is going. And then the first round, he, he got some leg kicks off, without, which I was telling a friend of mine, shout out to Momie Davon, we were talking about this. And I was telling him, like, as long as Lima can get off some leg kicks, he's going to be fine. That's all he needs to do. He gets some leg kicks off. If he slows MVB down just a little bit, fight's over. He's going to clean him. Did not think it would look like this, though. Um, <laughs> this is one of the most beautifully timed kick, kicks like, I, he just caught MVP at, like, the perfect moment. And it was amazing just watching the replay. Like, he start the motion of him throwing the kick starts, like, a couple of, like, milliseconds before MVP starts to launch into his punch. So that by the time Lima lands his kick, MVP is already, like, overly extended and... He's like, as soon as the kick lands, he's like off balance, so the the punch doesn't really land all the way, and he just gets clean swept <laughs> off of his feet. What I was not expecting was this uppercut. <laughs> just his soul went into the front row immediately after that uppercut. Like his his, his whole upper body just limped, just instantaneously uppercut the chin, soul left. Body he was collapsed while he was getting up. Yeah, and it looked so awkward because, like, like you know, he's getting up. His his like his natural reaction to getting uppercut is to move back, but he's going in the opposite direction, so he just kind of collapses. And he died on impact. He ate two follow up punches, which didn't really need to happen, but you know, you got to finish the job. Is what it is. Um, 
<laughs> Lima's up there now. He he throws his name in a hat for candidate for KO of the year. Um, I don't know if I'd give it to him outright, but I I would I would say he's he's worth like an honorable mention because just that that the setup man that it was beautiful. It was it was beautiful. Um, and I kind of figured something like this would happen. Maybe not to this degree that it would play out the exact way it did. But, like, Lima just has that kind of just earth-shattering power. And the thing is, like, he can KO you moving forward, moving backwards. It doesn't matter. Like, if, if he lands clean, you're going out. And nothing cleaner than an uppercut. Especially when you're, like, not even expecting it. Like, you're trying to just get back to your feet and dude just rips your entire head off. And then he walks away so calmly. Like, light work. Like, <laughs> like I knew I was gonna do this. Casual violence, man. Yeah, that is Douglas Lima. Oh my god, I don't remember. <laughs> did they ever show MVP getting back up? Because I don't remember him getting. Back. He, he did get up and he did hug. Uh, he did. He did give Lima a hug and stuff. So, like, he he is as of the time of recording this fine. Probably, probably riled the shit, though. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those KOs where you wake up and you look at your coach and you're like, oh, what happened? When does the fight start? Right. <laughs> that, that, it happens so fast. Like, leg kick, falls, uppercut, death. Like, all in the span of, like, a second. <laughs> it's just like, how did we get here so fast? Exactly. Yeah. Another MVP loss. I would like to see him fight Lorenzo Arkin. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down for that. I mean, he, he can't protect that O anymore, so it's time. It's time to just start. Yeah, fun fights. Hell, after Lorenzo Arkin, just, <laughs> just do, let's do Raymond Daniels. Just do it. Just, just do it. Let let two point guys fight. Maybe it might be boring. Could be great. Either way, just uh. And then I thought after this, and obviously congrats to Lima, man. Awesome win in the finals now against the winner of Neiman versus um uh, versus Rory. Uh, further, I think, solidifies himself. you got to start putting him up there as a, a Bellator GOAT. If he wasn't already up there on your list, I feel like this has to put him up there. Um, and especially if he wins the tournament, I, I think it pretty much go without saying. But I was wondering for MVP, and I I don't want to jump too far ahead because it is his first loss, albeit it was in devastating fashion. But do you think this becomes one of those moments where, like, a fighter comes in, he's on fire, he's running through everybody. Do you think a fight like this kind of changes the tide where now people, even fighters who might not even be as skilled as Lima, will look at this fight and be like, you know what, we don't even got to... All that little fainting. Because that was another thing I thought Lima did really well. All of those feints and like little perky-jerk movements and all of that that MVP did, he, he didn't bite on any of it. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe, but at the same time, like, is David Rickles or Fernando Gonzalez or Jeremy Holloway going to be the guys who, like, oh, uh, I can just leg kick him and then I'll beat him that way. It's just... It'd be one thing if the welterweight division in Bellator was as deep as the UFC's, where, like, 
Okay, even these guys in the middle of the thing are very skilled fighters, like a Tim Means or um, or a Max Griffin. Right. But they could easily just go back to having him fight like the Rudy Bears or the the, the the regional scene, and just like he he gets a bunch of highlight reel knockouts, and people get back on the bandwagon say he's changed, um, or he's gotten better, or he learned. Um, I, but but do I think this is like okay? He's been figured out. Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't think he's gonna change much. He's like thirty two years old. He's been fighting this way for. Before he did MMA, um, like, yeah, I, I think this was him getting figured out. I, like, I, I don't expect, like, oh, he's gonna make a run at the Bellator welterweight title, like, um, unless they just, you know, feed him dudes who... Yeah, so they, they hand-walk him there. <laughs> yeah, which is possible in Bellator. Um, not really possible in the UFC like that. Not to that extent, anyway. Um, yeah. So, like... I I I want to say this is the end of MVP. I'm sure he's gonna rack up a bunch of highlight reel knockouts. Like, and there's the thing. There's a lot of dudes who like we saw that Paul Daly was not able to do this, and Paul Daly is an experienced kickboxer. And maybe it was just reluctance. Maybe he was just afraid of the power. Maybe he just thought, oh, I have the clear advantage when I wrestle. But he wasn't able to do this, so you know. I don't know. Well, yeah, it, it, I'm I'm interested to see what his next what his next match uh, is going to be. But but you know, it would be interesting. Like I don't know if Rory beats him. Not not because like I think like because we uh, MVP still long enough to where he mm. can connect. Mm. If he connects once on that nose, there's like Rory <laughs> yeah. going to like yeah, it's over. Yeah. Like, obviously, Rory could take him down, beat him up from there, but, like... I, I he, would, mean, he would have a chance. Yeah, he, I, MVP would have a chance. I give him, like, a 25% chance. And like we said, yeah, he, he caught Lima. He tagged him on the... Yeah, like, he hurt like him. When he, when, yeah, when he does land, it's, it's effective. Because he, yeah. he, he doesn't throw a lot, but he when he does hit, it's normally pretty flush. Yeah, and, like, McDonald's, like, the only guy I've, I can remember who has as long a reach as McDonald. Um, that he's fought is Gekard Musasi. And while Gekard Musasi is obviously a way better fighter than MVP, one of the things you could see he struggled with was what he could have get his jab going because Gekard was just way longer. Yeah. Mm. yeah so, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Puts MVP in a interesting spot. We'll, we'll get to see how he rebounds and handles his first loss, see if he is able to make any adjustments. As for Lima, hey man, go go get that belt back, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm go. picking, I'm picking more Rory. If, yeah. If Rory beats Neiman. Yeah. Boy, ne- <laughs> I low key think Neiman's. Gonna... It wouldn't surprise me, man. Like Neiman, Neiman's about to be champ, at least for a second. Like, uh, it, I was about to say like, he's like the first Gracie champion forever, but uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Roger win the one light heavyweight title or something like that before he retired. I think so. Yeah, so I think so. We at least fought for it. He got there. Yeah. So. We'll we'll see though. Yeah, that that side of the bracket is gonna be fun. But uh, congrats to Lima, man. That's that's a that's a legendary KO. That 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 was something. Um. So 
big big ups to to Douglas Lima, man. Put put respect on that man's name. He, he he's a Bellator goat. He he's on their Mount Rushmore. Um, but moving on to featherweight, uh, as you mentioned, somebody that uh we would hope to see uh Pitbull fight soon. AJ McKee going against Pat Curran. Um, I was looking forward to this fight. Curran obviously true veteran, former champ. Um, unfortunately, lately his career has been kind of it's weird because he, I can't say he's been doing bad because he's on a win streak. It's just that we don't see him that often. Yeah. He just kind of fights once and then, you know, he just kind of goes away for a while. Um, he gets hurt. Yeah. That's, that's been the main theme of his career since he lost the belt. Like it's just a bunch of like, oh, I want to fight, but then the next two times I'm booked, I pull out because like I get hurt or something like that. Yeah, injuries and uh, yeah, just he, he's had a lot going on. I believe he's also he's also one of the fighters we mentioned. Like he's had a lot of like mental health battles, like dealing with depression and things like that. So it's like yeah, we just we don't really see him often. So I was just happy to see him back in the cage. Um, it wasn't like the most eventful fight, but AJ did enough to win. Um, I know I, I figured the first round would be kind of slow, especially for for Curran. Not a notoriously fast starter, and considering like we haven't seen him in a while, I, I figured the first round would just be kind of a feel out round. Uh, I think McKee pretty much won that, just kind of kind of based off output, landed some some kicks, nothing too crazy, but just just kind of outwork Kern, and Kern just never was really able to pick things up. Um, Story of his career. Yeah, <laughs> like he. He falls behind early, and he can't really, like, make up the ground. Um, and McKee was just able to just kind of outwork him. And it was, I thought it was a really bad sign for Curran, where in the second, he actually landed a really good takedown. And he got elbowed a lot from the bottom. Like, <laughs> McKee yeah. landed more from the bottom than Curran did from the top. And then cut open, like, on top of, they cut open something on top of his head. Yeah. And, yeah, after that moment, I kind of figured, like, if Curran can't land some kind of flash KO or something, it's probably not going to be a good night for him. And, yeah. I mean, Jimmy McKay, like, this performance reminds me a lot of, like, mid-title reign Anderson Silva, where, like, for whatever reason, Silva was just either uninterested or just reluctant to engage, so he would just throw kicks from range. Um, and, like, I think McKee is uncomfortable boxing with people who have a range, like, who have the same, like, build as him, like, who are long. So he, he's more comfortable just throwing like, single naked kicks from range. And I don't think it's going to work forever. Like, you'll find eventually somebody who's quick enough and tough enough to just step into that range and throw a counter. All right. But it was able to work for Curran because, well, Curran is also a range striker, also does not collapse the pocket, and also fights with very little urgency. Um, but it's just, it's, it's so wild with Curran because I've seen fights, like, the first fight he had with Pitbull, which... Obviously, that's that's a Bellator classic. There are moments where he can go to war, where he'll just, but it just uses that you don't see it. I, I don't know. It's like it, I don't know if it takes something special to just like bring it out of him. 
But I've seen fights where dude, he will throw leather. And maybe it's just in fights where he gets hurt or tagged or something like where he yeah. gets pushed. Cause, it's like yeah, like he has to be in danger. Like like if he's not in danger, or if he doesn't perceive danger, like he, he's more than willing to just give the fight away. Yeah. Um. Like <laughs> he's on that he's on that Goku energy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he needs his opponent to be like about to pull out the final move. And then he's like, "All right, man. All right, I gotta. I gotta wake up. I gotta. All right, I gotta get going." Yeah, it's 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 just weird. Um, I think McKee probably had a lot of respect for him. Maybe he just didn't want to rush in and get caught with anything crazy because clearly he was winning the fight. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of just he played it safe. He just did enough to to win. He's just not uh, not anything too crazy. But you know, Which a win is, is a win. Like yeah, you you hope for that, but like at the same time, you know, the guy who's the champion in your division is fighting on the same card, um, and. You you, you kind of want to make your name stand out. Yeah, you yeah. you you want to you want to give him a highlight reel to look at. Like, all right, you can you can come up here and fight for this. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's, especially stuff. in like a fight that's a step up from what you've had in the past. Um, like you really want to put your stamp on him. You don't even have to get the finish. You just like put your put put something on Curran. Right. And like, this was this was a low uh, like a low intensity sparring match yeah pretty much and and like i'm not faulting him for it like he got the win like you want that at the end of it but like you also want to put you want you want to put your stamp on stuff all right well we'll see Speaking when of putting the... your stamp on stuff mm. yeah. <laughs> well congrats aj mckee he won uh Unanimous decision. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> moving on. Oh boy, this next fight. What a what a Bellator moment this was. Uh, Jake Hager, aka Jack Swagger, uh, fought TJ Tombstone Jones, the the beef packer from wherever he packs beef at. <laughs> yeah, what a fight. Uh, TJ was having a blast during the intros. He comes down the ramp. He's dancing. He's having a good time. I ain't mad at him. Jones won a WWE fan contest to fight uh, Jack Swagger. Like, this dude is, like, straight up out, like, straight up out of an audience. Like, he's a straight up audience member. Wasn't he, like, one and one? He is one and one. I want to know who's the I guy. I don't believe, I don't believe. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, who's the guy he beat? <laughs> Where's the footage? But yeah, this this fight was uh, <laughs> I I was rooting for TJ. I, I wanted to see. I wanted. To, I felt like that could have been the ultimate Bellator moment if somehow he just would have won via fluke. Just he just randomly throws out a right hand and it lands, and you know Jack Swagger and all his WWE concussions just like right. friggin' like he has a, just a complete meltdown, <laughs> <laughs> which he kind of did. Yeah, I, I was mad at myself because I <laughs> I had a dumb moment where I let myself get excited for like where for a very brief moment it didn't even mean anything when like the first time they clinched TJ was able to actually get his balance back for like a second and turn uh, Hager around I was like oh there you go TJ and then he you know it didn't matter he went down anyway um I mean he lasted on the ground for a little bit he you know. I guess. Yeah, I got to get a man some kind of... I'm trying to give him some kind of positives. Um, 
He didn't get choked out right away, but he still kind of got choked out right away. And then, uh, but I think the story of this fight is the promo that was cut. <laughs> if you want to call it a promo, I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, Jack had TJ in the arm triangle choke. Um, according to his side of the story, from what he said, uh, the ref, uh, what's my man with the beard? Bel- the thing was Beltron, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bel- Beltron, Mike Beltron was trying to get him, get, uh, Swagger off of TJ. He kept the submission in a little longer because he, he said he thought it was actually TJ because TJ was throwing punches while he was getting choked. So he just assumed the hands that were touching him were TJ's, but it was actually the ref trying to get him to let go of the choke because the fight was over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then because he has more heat than he's ever had in his entire pro wrestling career, he decides to cut the most amazing promo. <laughs> Where he basically just tells the fans to fuck off and that they're not in there with him. And then delivers what I think is going to be in the pantheon of great quotes right alongside, like, I float like a butterfly, I sting like a bee. When he says, I'm rock hard with emotion right now. And emphasize with it, I have a boner. That sounds like a line out of like a Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> That's the most personality a Jack Swagger has ever had. Oh man. I mean, if he's gonna be the heel, you're doing a good job, buddy. The all American. Yeah, man. Just I always say, man, if you're gonna be a heel, just go all in. You, just... you gotta get your heat. Somehow, and right. if it's locking in the submission for an extra five seconds. That's what it is. It, it is what it is. I am a mo- <laughs> Oh man, he he might as well just put that on a t-shirt, and uh, you know. What 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 do you, what, what do they do with Jack from here on out? Do, do you think? Uh, how do we build? Who, who's Jack's next opponent? Do we find the some guy who's like three and four and just as round as T.J. Jones? Because the, the, <laughs> the thing with Jack that's almost funny to me is he's what thirty five, thirty five, which at heavyweight is like twenty five. Could be like twenty one. Not not the most skilled fighter, but his wrestling is pretty good. Yeah, he is a D one wrestler. Yeah, and like. I mean, albeit it's TJ who's defending takedowns and positions, but, like, he can move on the ground. He's a big dude. Like, it's a big guy to have on top of you. So, so I almost wonder, like, if his stand-up can just get, like, halfway decent, does Bellator, does he make a legit case? Like, does he make a run at some point? Maybe not now, maybe not even next year, but, you know. Three three years down the line, do we have Jack Swagger like a legitimate? You know, they they do another heavyweight Grand Prix. Is he in there? I mean, eh, why not? Like he's not getting any younger. Go find. Oh, Bobby Lashley's in the WWE. They won't let him do wrestling or MMA. He's gonna say you could do Swagger versus Lashley. Boy, oh boy. Jack Swagger, man. 
yeah, that that promo is immortalized now. Shout out to TJ Jones. He was a good sport about all of this. I think he was just there for the moment. Um, I don't know how much he got paid for this fight, <laughs> but you know, he'll he'll be the talk of the. I was gonna say the meat office, but that's not a thing. The meat packing plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll he'll go back to the meat packing plant and all star. I'm pretty sure his coworkers will be proud of him. He made it on TV. So hey man, congrats to him. He had a moment. But yeah, that that was in a night of like great KOs, you're reminded that Bellator is still Bellator. And you also have to get these kind of moments kind of mixed in with your pit bulls and your lemas like you. You gotta you gotta take the good with the I don't know if bad is the word, just obscure, obscene. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but something. Just those Bellator moments that we just look at and we just scratch our heads like, all right, I guess that, that happened. That was the thing. But, uh, yeah, Jack Swagger wins via arm triangle choke first round. And the last fight on the main card, Taiwan Claxton versus James Bennett. Um, my takeaway from this fight is that Taiwan Claxton has some very abusive ground and pound that I would not want any parts of. See, my takeaway from this fight is James Bennett isn't fucking sane. That too. This is a man who got hit with a flying knee, and as Taiwan Claxton got on top of him to deliver the ground and pound, he started laughing because he got hit with a flying <laughs> knee. <laughs> I mean... I don't know if you heard during the commentary, but they mentioned that he was in some tournament or something, and he broke his arm and came back to fight the next day with the same broken arm. Don't know if he won the fight, but the fact that he just he came back, like, yeah, that, that man different. Imagine if he was, like, a really good athlete. <laughs> yeah, because about to say, the, the toughness is there. The the the, the, the sh- the attitude where like I'm getting beat up but I'm gonna turn and talk to 50 Cent real quick he <laughs> <laughs> said what up 50 <laughs> you gotta respect it man. I wanna know what 50 said like what, he <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah that was yeah that was, that was that was a little moment but not Taiwan man that, this dude man just explosive Hellacious ground and pound that's just like not I imagine not fun to deal with. Um that, uh, I like him at Featherweight. Uh I I'm excited every time he fights. Uh, I look forward to seeing his progression. And I, I feel like he'll be another guy at, at forty five that eventually we'll we'll see him up there. Um I, I, I'm I'm just worried that um they mentioned uh, on commentary that he doesn't have a coach. He's basically self-training himself. Mm. Which would explain all the flying knees and... Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that. How does he not have a coach? I don't get how, like, even if he doesn't have a coach, how a coach out there hasn't seen one of his fights and be like, yo, I need to get this guy in my gym because... I'm, I'm sure it's, like people have approached him and stuff. It's just like, if he doesn't want a coach, he doesn't want a coach, you know what I mean? I wonder, could it be a money thing? Maybe not. Maybe. You know, you don't have to pay nobody to train. You can just keep all that money. That's true. 
Just go to hey. train at the 24-hour fitness. Right. <laughs> Be, yeah, he's, he's beating up on... The, 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 he's beating up on the TJ Joneses of the world who are trying to go to the gym and just, like, lose weight. And he's just, like, taking them down repeatedly and beating them up. Oh, boy. I'll be as it gets coached, though, because... He's, um... Too talented. Yeah. Not to be trained correctly. Yeah, because you, you, you definitely don't want to see him as one of those guys who we... Like two or three years from now, after he's caught some unsuspecting losses, and we're like, man, he could have been somebody, but X Y X Y. Like you don't, we we don't want that. But either way, if you're self training, I guess so far so good. <laughs> so um, now, yeah, he he took James down. He beat him up a lot. So that's how that fight went. So shout out to Taiwan Claxton. He he continues to impress. That was Bellator two twenty one. Awesome card. Lots of fun moments capped off by just like two two moments that'll just pretty much be in Bellator history with Lima uppercutting Michael Page's soul away and Pitbull uh, becoming double champ. Yeah. So that's Bellator, man. Hats off to you guys for a great card. I want to say I'm looking forward to Bellator 222, but that main event, that ain't this, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> who who is it? It's Machida's son, and mind you, they have two title fights on the card. Oh yeah, yeah, we've yeah we've ranted about this before. Yeah, Bell, Bell that's the thing, man. We we give Bellator their praises, we give them their flowers, but they remind us that Bellator is still Bellator. They just have like this hard on for two o fivers and old guys and heavyweights, and I just. I don't know. I don't know. But, <laughs> anywho, moving on to another card that gave a lot of emotions and feels. Um, UFC 237 went down yesterday, last night. It and sure was, did. Yeah. and uh, It sure well, went down. <laughs> over there. Man, it's <laughs> went down in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. You want to talk about a fight that, like... So I, I, I'm going into this main event. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, Jessica Andrade versus uh, Thug Rose Namajunas. Thug Rose defending her uh, strawweight title. So my, my prediction for this fight, it was going to go one of two ways. Rose was going to be able to use her footwork get in and out, use her range, and just kind of snipe and pick Andrade apart for five rounds, and maybe she eventually got to finish if she could wear Andrade out. Or Andrade, in Andrade fashion, you know, she would weather an early storm, eventually just find a way to, like, clip Thug Rose and just send her to the next world. Um, Rose got sent to the next world, but it just wasn't via a punch. Um, but I got to say, for, for, for that first round... Rose looked like, like the most unstoppable person on the planet. Like, she was getting in and out. She was landing combinations. She was piecing Andrade up that first round. She looked amazing. Um, just a lot of good footwork. She looked confident. She's catching Rose with two pieces, and it's, it's not looking good. I mean, uh, catching Andrade, and it, it's, it's not looking good. But 
I know Andrade is tough. She's not about to just go out here and just, you know, you're not about to just put her away all willy-nilly. It, it's never that easy. And one, one thing I thought she did good that I, I, I don't know if this was the reason the fight kind of slowed down. Um, she landed a good, decent number of leg kicks. And I feel like in the second round, she was able to get inside more and made made the fight like a bit more competitive. She was landing shots of her own. Rose was still moving around, but I feel like the fight, it slowed down like just a little bit. Um, and Andrade was able to get more work done on the inside, able to land some shots, uh, kept working the, the leg kicks, which uh, I, I guess I'm just going to credit that as to partially the reason why the fight went the way it did. But boy, oh boy, um, if you've watched Andrade's fights, and she's done this in the, and she's probably done this in a lot of fights, but she did this in, I want to say in the Gadelja fight, where she just like will just pick you up and throw you like you're a small child. Um, and <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, you know, and boy, Cruz had to feel stupid, uh, after that slam because Andrade drives Rose into the cage. Uh, you can you can tell she's going for the lift up. You know it's coming. Right. And like right before it happens, uh, Dominic Cruz on commentary is like, "Oh no, she can't do the lift like that because her hand." I don't know. Some some about the positioning. Well, in all fairness, and one of the things that's lost on everybody, where like, oh, um, she, and DC commented on it, like, oh, she just powered her way to the move. It's like. Well, yeah, you have to be incredibly strong to do that. But the one thing she did that saved her um, was swimming her head to the outside, which allowed her to get full rotation on that slam. So that, it, like, even if Rose got her arm, she wasn't in position to get the Kimura. So, just, like, that, that, that was just smart work by um, Andrade. Yeah, and Rose... Went for the Kimura, and she just fully committed to it. Yep. And once, she got... Yeah, once her once their head is on the outside, you either go for the switch or you start pushing down on their head. Like, you, you don't stay with the Kimura because, like, there, there's no... There, there's nothing on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was say, like, if you get lifted up, it's not like you're going to get lifted up and you're going to, like, pull off the Kimura, like, mid... <laughs> yeah, like your your their hands is already between your legs at right. that point, like, and you have no like leverage point from which to actually land the Kimura, like, yeah. So yeah, yeah, should have let that go. Yeah, no, I have. Um, I want to say this is the most sure I've ever been of a champion losing their belt, but like since. Andrade knocked the crap out of Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I think every time this fight's been brought up, I'm like, that's when Andrade's going to be champion. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we know Rose has the skill. Like I said, she looked amazing in that first round. But, but it's just... That, that, that type of fight is just something that never... You're never going to be able to keep that up for five rounds. Right. Like, I'm, like... And it's just... Juana Janjacek is the most... I'm, uh, she is the most well-conditioned fighter in the history of MMA. I, I say that with no reservation. Like, you, what she did against, like, Koya Gadella, 
just was like one of the most amazing things ever where she throws like 150 punches in the fifth round of a fight. Who does that? And Clay, uh, and Yuanian and Jacek was not able to do that to Jessica Andrade for five rounds. Mm-mm. You know how you... <clears throat> like, you cannot just stay on the outside for five rounds. It's impossible. It doesn't happen in boxing. It doesn't happen in kickboxing. And in MMA, where, like, there are so few guys who are just outfighters in general, like, it never happens here either. You have to eventually go into short range, and you have to have a plan for that. After, like, six minutes of doing that, you could tell that Rose was just getting tired. Yeah. Because she was just moving back in straight lines with her hands low. The punches were starting to get real close on, um, uh, like... Andrade was still missing a few of them, but, like, she was starting to land the body shots. The the left hook was starting to connect. It felt like impending doom was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we've seen from Andrade in her last couple fights, you would think for somebody who, like, a lot of her game is predicated on, like, just explosion and power, that she would tire out. But she can keep a pretty good pace for the course of a fight. She has, re- like... People talk about, like, oh, she's just, a, like, a brawler or whatever. She has really good punching mechanics. Like, everything just flows from the hips. There's no, like, wind-up. So, like, she she is able to do that for, like, a good 20, 20 to 25 minutes where she's just throwing punches. And, like, it, it like... What Ioana and Jacek was able to do that Rose wasn't was to fight was to force the clinch onto Andrade as opposed to letting Andrade force the clinch onto her. And the few times she did, she got taken for a ride. Like, she got picked up. She managed to keep her balance, but, yeah, she did get slammed down once or twice in that fight by, um, by, uh, by Andrade. Yeah. Um, and, like, Rose is... And that's another thing. Rose is a very fast starter, and she tends to slow over the course of a fight. Like, if you go back to the Kovalkiewicz fight, where she did the same thing. She was piecing Kovalkiewicz apart in that first round until uh, Kovalkiewicz realized she could get to the clinch, and that's where she could beat her. And from there, it just kind of all unraveled for her. And even when, um, before this fight, I actually went back to watch uh, um, the rematch. Uh, With Joanna. Ro- yeah, Rosiana too. Joanna was coming on in the second half of that fight. Yeah. Yeah, she was starting to she was starting to wake up a little bit. Rose's game is really energy intensive. And if like it it doesn't matter and, uh, like I shouldn't say it, it, it's less noticeable because so many there are just so few women in this division who can crack with her. And like we saw here like she when she committed to throwing like power shots, she she slowed down Andrade for a second, mm-hmm. which is really rare. But at the same time, like, Andrade is that one woman in this division who will not be scared off and will continue to come forward and who you're just not going to be able to outpower. Yeah, I was going to say, Andrade to me came into this fight with more, like, intangibles. Just... She has certain X factors that like other people just don't have. Right. Like and just this unworldly power and not power, pressure, and it just it doesn't stop. Like it just it never goes away. 
Like, Every it, second of the fight, you have to take an account for it. The, the worst part of it is, like, the, the, the one time that Rose did engage, like, she did. She was the one who incited the clinch. She knocked Andrade down. She hit her with that knee. That knocked her down the first round, and she didn't go for broke on the the uh, the finish because you know it's Andrade, and every second fall in the pocket with her is just a second where she can come back and just bomb you. All right. But like hindsight being twenty twenty, that should have been her opportunity to finish the fight. Yeah, and instead, uh, she got caught with a Street Fighter Zangief slam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like literally. Right to the side of her head. Yeah, lifted her up. She, like, twirled in the air, landed right on the side of her dome slash neck-ish. Yeah, like. no, she landed at her neck. That, yeah. Like, I legit thought for a quick second she was paralyzed. That's, like, one of the most terrifying knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah, because to be honest, the, the, the ground and pound that followed, she didn't really need. She was out from the slam. I don't and think she threw ground and pound. I thought she hit her a couple. I thought she hit her a couple She might have, she might have. But e- either way, like, I was surprised that Rose was able to get back up so quick afterwards. Because that, yeah, that was one of those slams where I was like, oh, she might need a... If if she was 30 instead of 25, she might actually be paralyzed right now. Yeah. That or she just would have, she would have needed a stretcher uh, yeah. that night. That, that, yeah. Because that, boy. Big shout out to Jessica Andrade. Like, it's so bizarre because, like... I saw a lot of negativity. A lot of people, like, all the old steroid accusations, all the, um, oh, she's not actually good, and, like, all the, um, just, I guess, feeling sad for Rose. You know, because people really like Rose. I, like, I like Rose. She's awesome. But it kind of goes back to, like, people need to differentiate between styles, technique, and strategy. Because, obviously, Rose is the most technical, well-rounded fighter. But it doesn't mean much if you if, if you don't have a style and a strategy over 25 minutes to implement. Alright. And, like, you could tell that they had... Like, the Kimura series that they had for when Andrade would go for, like, the, the takedowns on the fence. Like, that was a smart adjustment. Like, it got her out of trouble in the first round. It's just that they didn't account for her adjusting to that for Andrade adjusting to that boy oh boy did she <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah just that you you, you feel for Rose because it's like man you you look great like and you look at her career overall I was thinking of this like she's probably one of the most improved fighters I've ever seen mm-hmm. like well like, this is what happens when you start young like I don't I'm not like you know uh, Jordan Mean, Roy McDonald Young, but like when your entire career is in the public eye, like there's a woman who fought on Invicta in front of like 50,000 people in her debut and then has just gotten a bigger and bigger platform ever since. All right. And just been steadily just improving and seemingly hit her, her peak. But. Yeah, man. I mean, we've known since we've seen Andrade, like, if she gets a crack at any title shot, no matter who has the belt, she has a chance because she just, the intangible she has is just, you have to take account for him. She is, pound for pound, relative to her division, the strong, or 
Yeah, just relative to our division, the strongest fighter in the UFC. Yeah. Anybody that's picking people up like that and just... <laughs> she does it to everybody. Like, it doesn't matter. She's throwing you on your head, on your neck, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, it don't matter what round, it don't matter what you hit her with beforehand, she's throwing you somewhere. Seven and one at away, bro. Man. And just shout out to her for, for bringing it home for Brazil because they had a rough night. And she is one of the few bright spots <laughs> that, that uh, Brazil got to enjoy. Um, yeah, amazing performance from her, man. Especially just considering after how that first round went. You know, she stayed in there. She never never got panicked, never got worried. She she did what Andrade does, man. Crazy tough. Where crazy power. Out? Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, she just goes in there and breaks you eventually. Um, so, who do you see her fighting next? Cause I, I, I don't want to see Ioana and Jacek until she gets another fight at one fifteen and gets a win. Cause she, she, her last fight at one fifteen, she did win. She beat Tisha Torres, but she had that loss since then to Valentina Shevchenko, and she hasn't fought. And when was that? That was November, right? Or well, according to I want to say Instagram, uh. Apparently, Wei Li Zhang wants to smoke. Hey, dude, I, I'd be down for that fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Um, um, so, like, I would love to see her fight the winner of Ansarov. Um, yeah, Suarez. Suarez. Like that's, that would be crazy if Ansarov somehow wins that fight. Because Ansarov, no disrespect, she is somebody who I've looked at. I'm like, nah, she's not fighting for no title. But dude, she's she, uh, she, Dude, like, once a man in Nunes hit her stride. I don't know if Nina Ansaroff just got access to way better training or, just, you know, just, like, sparring with her specifically just just elevated her game, but she has been on a roll. Mm-hmm. She um, looked good. She's looked pretty good. Yeah, like, she, like, I remember her back when she knocked out um, Muna Holland, who was, like, my aunt's best friend. Um, She was, like, really robotic, really stiff. Now she's just flowing. It's really bizarre. Um, I guess someone, when you're, I'll yeah. say your partner's a world champ, she's probably looking around like I need to, <laughs> I need to step the game up. Right, need, she's out here winning belts and she's making history. I gotta, I gotta but, get out here, man. Dude, Suarez versus Andrade would be my oh, Oof. that's the strongest fight ever. Like <laughs> all the like, slams, all the <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's. That that's that's two that's two irremovable objects like running into each other, like that's that's Hulk versus another Hulk, like that is, yeah. I think that's the that's the fight I want to see. So I, I from a fan's perspective, I need Suarez to you know, I, I hope Ansaroff has a good performance, but I need I need Suarez to get that done. I mean, oh, either yes. way, you end up with like a little, like a nice little storyline where like, oh, um, the fiance to the UFC bantamweight featherweight champion is fighting for the strawweight title, or you end up with Tatiana Suarez, who is probably the only woman in this division who can match Andrade's grappling strength. Yeah. And I'm not even sure she can, to be honest with you, just because of how freaking ridiculously strong Andrade. And that's, I think that's the interesting thing about that fight is if, even if the grappling's like a stalemate, you, 
you know, we got to see Suarez on the feet throwing hands if she can, you know, this ain't the person you want to do that with. Yeah. This is this, <laughs> this is not the smoke that and, you and want. If she takes her down, can she keep her down? Right. Dude, if Andrade threw Suarez on her head, I might just jump out of my body. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's that's the fight. And then it's even better because if I I, I like the way Lee Zhang and uh, Joanna fight. If if Zhang wins that, I'm down for Zhang against either of those two. Yeah, man. Like I'd be down for Zhang versus freaking um Andrade because Zhang is ridiculously strong. Strong, right? Like she uh, like she might be the third strongest woman in his division. Yeah, but that dude strawweight is easy. Like, it's, it's dope. Fuck it's being so like one the best women's division. It's one of the best divisions in the sport right now. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, I I did my rankings on Twitter. I ha- I have it at number. I think I had it at number three. I had uh I got I had lightweight number one. Oh, that that three or four. I think I had lightweight one. I did featherweight two. No, I think I did strawweight three, and then men's bantamweight four. See, Bantamweight's two for me. I I can't remember why. I had a reason I didn't put Bantamweight. I can't remember what it was. Is it because they don't have a champion? Oh, no, no. No, it was a biased thing. Uh, I said right. if um if Aldo wasn't fighting, Bantamweight would have been two. Yeah. But right. Aldo's still here, so. So we, so, <laughs> so we, have to, we have to talk about Rose a little bit. Um, She hinted that she, she's been thinking about retirement for a while. Um, I remember a story that came out last year where she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this for much longer. Um, she she just wants enough money to go have a farm and like live the farmer life. Um, the only time I've seen her smile in the last few years is when she posted that picture of her in her tomato garden. <laughs> so that that's where she found her peace. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and props to her for it. Um, it's a shame she's she's one of the most talented women in the sport. Um. You know, don't let the record fool you. Yeah, but, especially like at her peak now, there would be a lot of fun fights to. Oh yeah, um, to see her in. She also said that you know immediate rematch is on the table if the UFC will give it to her, and this like if she's really thinking about retirement, I think the UFC would consider giving it to her just so you know they can. They, they there is a story here where you know right. if. You don't look at it as like, okay, this was a thing that was always going to happen. This The story turns out to be, oh, uh, Nami Yunus won the first seven minutes of the fight, and then she then she lost it on the slam. And, you know, they, they can run with that as for a rematch angle. Um, right. I, if she's thinking about retirement, like, I, and that's really what she wants to do, I hope she does it. Like, I hope she doesn't feel pressured to come back and fight again, like, my my thought process is if you are on the door like if you really don't want to do this no more then don't don't this is not something you should do half hearted. Um. I'd be fine with them giving her a media rematch, like just 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 because she gave you one one and I didn't th- really like that when that happened. So like I I I think it's deserved. Yeah, and she yeah she didn't have to get Yolanda that rematch because that first fight was a yeah like yeah first round she ran through yeah um but 
if she sticks around and she doesn't get the rematch, you know, match her up with whoever you want because Rosa Amelia is going to give you a good fight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel the same. If, yeah, if, your, if your foot's halfway out the door, and especially after, like, last week we talked about the Babalu thing. Yeah. Like, I'm all for any fighter, man. Get out. Especially for her, like, you, you've been champ. You've, you've hit the top of the mountain, albeit, you know, there's always fun fights for you to come back and stay around for. But it's like, if you've accomplished everything that you've wanted, um, and it's not like a loss to Andrade, like a shameful thing, hey, man, just go live the life. If you've got enough money saved up and you just want to go chill out, I'm all for it. Take take as less damage as you possibly can. Get out of the sport while you're you're young and you're still, like, relatively healthy. And go start that farm. Right, go start that farm, man. We need tomatoes and. Um. So, yeah. I, 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 did we miss a fight announcement earlier? Cause I, I just googled, like, I was looking for a date for Jessica Andrade's next fight, and I, cause I don't think they have anything set for that UFC 240 card yet. I, I looked it up, and the fight that popped up was um. Brian Ortega versus Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Oh, I did miss that. I did miss that. Mmm. That's a, um... That's a fun fight. I did miss that. So, if that's on the table, that's great. Um, I, I think... I think Ortega's the exact type of guy to give Zabit problems. Just because he'll... He won't go away. He's dangerous everywhere. Um, and... Like we we've seen Ortega break people with his pressure before, so that that should be fun. Could easily be one of those fights where Zabit styles on him for two rounds and then guillotine. Uh, right, right, out of nowhere. Where's, it, where's that neck at? <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't miss that fight. Yeah, that that's an awesome fight. Right. Um, but yeah, we props talked. to. Okay. No, no, we we talked. We got it. So good. Yeah, yeah. Prop, props to Andrade though, man. Amazing performance. I hope to see Thug Rose back, but hey, man, if you want to retire, go be healthy, go be happy, go grow tomatoes, and go go live life. I, I ain't mad at you. Uh, all right. So, it's the fight where I picked up my ball and I went home. Uh, I, I thought you did that when in early the early early card. Uh, with uh, with, with, I picked up my ball and came back, and then I picked it up again. <laughs> BJ right. almost made me just to consider not even just. <laughs> so the reason the the, the stadium was ha- only half full for the main event is because of the series of fights that happened on the main. Uh, I can't even say the main card. Just basically going back through the whole night. Um, and it was culminated by a repeat image of Anderson Silva reaching down for his leg while he's screaming in pain on the ground. Uh, Jared Cannonier. TKO victory via knee injury by leg kick to over Anderson Silva. Um, is there even like so Silva does not throw like that's still a thing. Um, Cannonier was throwing he, he he threw like three or four of those leg kicks before he fully committed on that last one. Um, he was doing a decent job with the hands like. I think most of his punch, the punches that landed were from like the uh, the, the 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 double collar tie that Anderson Silva tried, and Cannonier punched his way out of it. Um, 
but yeah, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Like Anderson tried a couple of flashy moves. Yeah, I think I was hurt because it looked like he was kind of just. I thought he was about to like he was warming up, and I was like, all right, he's about to go now. And then right when he's about to go, and it, and all credit to Cannon there, it was a beautifully placed kick. Like it landed right behind, like the knee. Yeah. And uh. Not the same leg that Anderson broke, by the way. Yeah. It was the other one, so. But, yeah, he as soon as he landed it, Anderson just goes down, and we all collectively just. Props to Herb Dean for just not even allowing um, Kennedy to get in there with ground to pound. Yeah. As soon as Anderson started going down, he hopped in there. Yeah. He he saved him. He saved him because that. Oh my god. Yeah. That. Oh. <laughs> that, that was rough, man. That that was. And then they, boy, did they let that crowd, that Cannoneer, have it. I feel, uh, yeah. Just booed so loud that he could not even get a post-fight interview in there. And then when they asked him to, like, if he wanted to stay at, like, who was it, Anik? Or DC, who asked him, like, hey, do you want to say anything to anybody? Or, was it, like, you know, he's like, nope. And no, he, he was yeah. he was definitely shaken from that. Like, you you feel really bad for him in that situation. Yeah, because like it's it's not his fault. Like he went in there, he did what he was supposed to do. He just pissed a lot of people off in the process. Yeah, it's it is what it is. But uh, geez, <laughs> it's just oh that that one hurt. That that one hurt. But Cannonier won via TKO. He he took out Anderson's leg, and that's. Life happens sometimes, man. It's not always fun. Yeah. And this next fight... This next fight hurt, but not as bad as the Anderson one because I knew that this was a possibility, so I was kind of... Which is actually stupid. I should have known Anderson could have lost like that, but <laughs> I, just, I don't know. But uh, moving down, probably to honestly the fight that I was actually looking forward most to on this card, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Jose Aldo. Um. Ah, uh, this th- this fight kind of played out the way I expected it to go if Volkanovski was to win. Albeit though, I thought we would have more moments. I guess. Yeah, it was surprisingly. Um, like watching it, I was tense, but like reflecting back on it, it was not a very like dramatic fight. Yeah, tense in the moment, but when you think about it, it's like it was actually kind of dull. Like not a lot. Uh, though, er, it it wasn't crazy actiony. Like like stuff was constantly happening, but like not benchmark stuff. Like yeah. oh he got dropped, or oh he got hit clean, or oh, um you know he he shot in for a double leg and got reversed or something like that. Like it was a lot of like it was a lot of like short leg kicks, um. Clinching along the fence with like knees and elbows, or not uh, knees, uh, not elbows. I mean, um, up like body shots and elbow, uh, knees to the leg, um, like those small bits of offense. Yeah, you that, just, you, yeah, you spent the whole fight waiting for like a big moment, and like that moment just kind of never happened. Yeah. And then when you looked up at the scorecard, it was like, oh man, Aldo didn't really. <laughs> Like, he just he just didn't do enough. Like, he was just... He was there, but he just... There was no 
output. There wasn't a lot of urgency. And even Volkanovski, he didn't land anything like crazy, but he just he, he just outworked and outpointed all though. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. It, it, it was a little disappointing. It's the type of fight, like, so, like, like I've been saying, I, th- I thought Volk was going to be a hard fight for Aldo from the get-go. Um, the pace he sets, his refusal to... The, the thing that always kills Aldo's opponents is that they kickbox with him at range. Like, very few of them ever tried to actually push him backwards. The only one who ever tried was, like, Mendez. If my memory serves me right, and when he did, he had success, but he couldn't do it for twenty five minutes. And Aldo and like Aldo has a little bit of that Hennon Burrow thing, where like if you tag him, he will plant his feet and throw back to scare you off. And he tried that here, but I think he he just never got a beat on Volk. Yeah, like he could never establish range. He could. The leg kicks were taken away from him because Volkanovski was throwing them first. Anytime they were at kicking rate, he would just, like, tap them to the league leg. And by the second round, it was, like, completely red, uh, the uh, the top part of his thigh, or the, his lower thigh. Um, like, he, he refused to give all those space to, like, get off those long combinations, like those three, four punch combinations. So we only saw, like, Max at any time, like, two punches from Aldo. Um, and they were, they were like those big winging shots as opposed to like the tight jabs and crosses and body hooks that we're used to seeing from them. Um, yeah. Like a really smart game plan for Walt. Like just don't give him, don't give all of the side of the cage. Don't push him back when you can. Kick at the lead leg so he can't kick at yours. Like another example of like just because you're not better at something than somebody doesn't mean you should let them get away with doing it to right. you. Like, uh, like, it's not the type of performance where you're like, oh, okay, this guy's going to f- give Max a run for his money, but like, it's the type of performance you want from somebody who's going to be challenging Max Holloway. Uh, he, he did what he needed to do. He, he did what he needed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, just didn't, didn't, I was just hoping for more moments in this fight, and it just it fell kind of flat of that. But it it, it is what it is, I guess. Um, like I said, I, I was going in this fight. I was prepared for Volkanovski to just win by outworking Aldo. I just thought it'd be a bit more eventful. But it is what it is. Volkanovski gets the win. He continues a a pretty impressive featherweight run. Um, I think he's still pretty much. I know it ain't the best performance, but. I mean, if he don't get the title shot, I don't know who else you really give it to. Frankie. Nah. Oh, oh, yeah. Frankie is uh, he is calling out for the smoke. So. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see like Frankie's hurt. Like uh, he was supposed to fight in November, I think. He was hurt. I don't know if it's like changed since then. He's gotten better or whatever. What was Frankie's last fight? Frankie's last fight was um, was it Jeremy Stevens? That was Cub Swanson. Okay. Um. I, 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 if Frank, I, I'd like to see Frankie fight for a title one more time. I don't think he'll beat Max. Um, but I'd like to get, see him get another fight in there beforehand. Maybe fight Shane Burgos. Or, um, uh, Hanada Moicano or something. I don't know. Just, just so Max can say he actually cleaned out the featherweight division. Right. <laughs> Frankie. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But congrats to Volkanovski nonetheless. Uh, dude, dude's a stud. Not the best performance, but I'm, I'm not going to hold this too bad against him because outside of this, the, dude, the man's been a stud. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that title shot picture uh, pans out. Uh, moving on to welterweight. Uh, we got Loriano Starpoli versus Tiago Alves. All Argentina does is turn out good kickboxing MMA fighters. Boy, Star Poli threw every kick. <laughs> that man just full kick Arsenal on display. Uh, pretty, pretty fun fight. Um, I, like I'll, this is the type of fight where you're like you're like okay, I'll like. Well, and this has been clear for a while that Alves is like no longer the dude he used to be. But like, you can see the clear points where he wanted to counter, but he just could not pull the trigger. And yeah, I was gonna say I, I was really surprised, especially in the first that. I thought this fight from Alves, I, I thought that he'd have a little more oomph, I guess. Like, and this this is the this is the other type of fading where like your chin doesn't really go, but like all of a sudden it just gets so much harder to throw punches in the moment with good timing. Like, it, it sucks because yeah. um, Alves is still good. Like, that's the thing I've taken away from his last few fights. Like, he is still crafty. He still throws, like, a mean leg kick. And when he can get corner you for, like, to throw those, those those big combinations, he's still pretty good at it. But just kickboxing uh, kickboxing in open space, like, he is just too slow for, like, a lot of these younger dudes. Especially for a guy like Star Poli, because he, a lot of movement, a lot of stance switches, He's not giving you a super easy target to hit. He's kind of all over the place. Uh, it's, he's a wild guy. Um, I think the fight got a lot more fun in like the second and third round. Shots started landing. Tiago did pick it up a, a little bit in the second and third. But I think Star Poli just so much activity and, and movement. And he just he had a lot going on. That uh, he's got He's got a lot of that Santiago Ponzinibbio in him. And... Like Staropoli. Yeah. Another fun guy, Welterweight. Yeah. Who's just, just out here, just being crazy. <laughs> just, I'm just with super, it. Uh, I'm yeah, with I'm, it. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm definitely all for it. And Alves, it's a good, you know, it's a good vet name to have on your record. Um, So, shout out to Staropoli. It was, it was a pretty fun fight, which I like more specifics. But it, it was just a fun, it was a fun little scrap. Um, and just with Staropoli, just have more in the tank. More output, and just just did just did more to win the fight. Um, so congrats to him. He, he got a unanimous decision. And the last fight on the main card, uh, <laughs> Irene Aldana and Betch Kohea, who said, "What's a weight class?" She came in at uh, 141 pounds. Uh, you know, <laughs> it is it is what it is. Like I, I really like like when Irene Aldana is throwing, she's really good. But when she's not, she is so hittable. Like she does not take her head off the center line, and that made Betch Kohea look like a power puncher, because Betch was landing those overhand rights that you could tell were fucking with Aldana's like brain. And Betch has like one knockout on her whole career is because Shayna Baszler got hurt. So. She was, Aldana was probably on her way to losing that fight, if we're being honest, in Brazil. Um, yeah, with those judges, you never know. <laughs> like, 
she has such a nice jab and such a, like in a nice little quick too, but she doesn't move her head on it. And the only time she does move her head is when she throws either a hook or an uppercut with that lead hand. And she cracked Betch Cohea a couple times with it. Like, shook her whole head and stuff. She just doesn't throw it very often. She's very much like a straightforward boxer. Like, a one-two boxer. Um, but the uh, the reversal of the takedown into the belly-down armbar in the third round. That was some slick stuff. Yeah, that was nice. That wasn't... When <laughs> when they went to the ground, I wasn't expecting it to go like that. Right. Did not see that coming. Um, um. I'm so used to seeing Aldana fade in the third round of fights. That's how she lost to Larissa Pacheco back in like jungle fight. But like here, you know, she stayed calm, collective, and she seems to have energy at the in the third round. Like she she was not going away. Um, she wasn't fading. She, so. she um, there was a combination she landed at the end of the second. Well, she did like a one-two pause, one uppercut. (laughs) It was like a nice stagnated like five-piece. It was so nasty. It was beautiful. When she is on, she is really good. I don't... That's three in a row now, I think. Um, Let me see. Lucy Pudelova, Talia Bernardo, and now Betch Cohea. Yeah, so three in a row for her. It's women's bantamweight. There's like 18 fighters in it. Right. So that uh, basically uh, makes you number 10 now. <laughs> I mean, that, that might make her like number five. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they want to do. I don't know if they want to. You know, I, I don't think the word is risk it. But like, do, do you put her in there with a, like a Yana Kunitskaya, for example? I mean, with that. With so lack of bodies, you're all, I don't say you have to, but it's like, you can't delay it but so long, like. I mean, and then the winner of that can go fight the winner of Nunez home or something. There you go. Or, I don't know what's up with Catelyn Vieira. I don't know what's up with Jermaine Durandamere, except that she's like a full-time cop. So she too might also have to put off, like, fighting until, uh, uh, until she can get a week off. She she only she's she just signed the six fight contract with the UFC in March, so I'm assuming they got plans for her. Hopefully. Oh boy, yeah that now that that submission was slick though. That uh yeah that armbar was nasty. Yeah. Way to not go to the judges because like you said that Cohea was starting to get some pressure going, especially in the latter half of the fight, and she was landing some shots. And with the night that Brazil was having, them judges was like, listen, man, we went in one fight tonight. <laughs> Somebody leaving here with a W. But, um, nah, great, great, great performance from Aldana. Very, very nice finish. Um, it was a fun main card. Like, if I remove my biases of feelings that were hurt, it was a pretty good main card. I- I'll just say just, I felt like it could have been even better if Volkanovski and Aldo just would have been a little, just a little more. But um, it was a solid main card, and actually overall from top to bottoms to the prelims minus one fight, it was a violent ass card. Yes, it was. Um, so we'll run through the prelims where we won't spend a, a ton of time on them, but we'll just run through some, uh, you know, who won, who got knocked out, all that good stuff. Uh, so the headliner of the ESPN prelims. A uh, portion of the card was Ryan Spann versus 
uh, Little Nog, Antonio Rogerio Nogueira. Um, I think we all kind of saw this coming, but even when it happened, it was like, ooh. See, I wasn't, <laughs> see, I wasn't too sure because, like, Little Nog is still, like, a top 20 light heavyweight. And it's bizarre to say that, but you know it's true. Like, this so, man knocked out, like, Sam Alvey and Pat Cummins. Yeah, he still got hands. At, at 80 years old. <laughs> I, I actually picked him in this fight because I didn't trust Ryan Spann to, like, fight a controlled fight. And in some aspects, he didn't, but, like... He got the takedown. He almost got the arm triangle immediately. When he got back to the feet, he used his speed to close distance and land that nice little two-piece that ended up knocking Little Dog down and out. Um, like, what I, what I think I didn't account for was the fact that Span could fight at distance, at a distance while Sam Alvey and Pat Cummins can't. Yeah. They very much, we have to be as close to our opponent as possible fighters. So, you know, props to Span, big win, probably gets a number next to his name. Because um, one, one of the few dudes giving, like, a little bit of life to this division, man, so. Yeah, I'll say, I, I watched him in LFA when he got the UFC call. I was I was happy. I was hoping he'd be one of those guys. I still want to see him versus, the, what's the other guy's name? Jimmy Crew. Uh, Crew, yeah. I wanted, wanted to see that fight. I'm mad that ended up not happening. But, no, nah, glad, glad, like you said, glad Span, just somebody to, breathe life into a division that Johnny know, Walker can't carry this division by himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we need some other people. Just just anybody, man. If you got some knockout power, you halfway athletic, please make your way to two oh five. We we need you. We we need your your services greatly. But shout to Ryan Span, like I said, that's a huge win. You got a, a legend on your record now. Um so we'll we'll see what they do with him next. Uh moving down, uh another fight that I knew would be pretty fun. Uh Tiago uh, I don't know, is it Moises? Yes. Moises versus Kurt Hollibaugh. Uh I knew this would just be a nice, fun scrap, and to me, that's pretty much what it was. Just yep. a nice, fun... Kurt Hollibaugh refusing to not fight in the clinch. Right. Uh, allowing <laughs> the, the much better grappler in Diago Moises to take him down repeatedly and just, you know, not really wreck his shit, but dominate him from the top. Yeah, it was a... Uh... Nice little grappling yeah. match. A nice little, nice, nice little fight at lightweight. You know, lightweight's always fun. So, shout out to Diago Moises. He got a unanimous decision. Uh, moving on to welterweight, Wally Alves versus Sergio Marais. Oh, my God. This is the best Alves has looked. <laughs> and I'm including the time he murdered the shit out of Kobe Covington. <laughs> like, just fought an even keel for three rounds. Some nice kickboxing. Great job. Just a... Following up on what happened to Sergio Moraes in the last fight where he couldn't check leg kicks and kept kicking his lead leg. Eventually, he just got in position to land that uppercut. And when he did, he cleaned Sergio Moraes' life. Yeah, those leg kicks he was landing were vicious, man. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he looked really, really good. But, yeah, that that uppercut is, what, is one of the nasty. I mean, if it wasn't for... I mean, we had a couple of good KOs on this card. But, my God, like... Oh. Just to put this all into context, just the fact that this card and Bellator were going on at the same time, there was just so much violence happening simultaneously that it was just like, this is such a good night. Like it's just so much going on, and yeah, that uppercut boy, he he floored Marais. Like, I just want to point out, Alves has looked so much better since leaving X Gym. 
Uh, who's? I think I showed you a picture of their strength and condition coach once. The the, the big jack dude. Who oh yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so like, he just looks so much, like he, he like the Kraus Lawson. Like he just looks like he can fight for longer, which is all he needed to be able to do to be like a solid welterweight. Yeah, he he is a violent. He, he's in that pack of just violent welterweights, just looking to go on a run. Cause yeah, he is he is a uh, that that uppercut. If you have not seen it, go back <laughs> and watch Worley Alves clean Sergio Moraes' soul um, with that uppercut. And yeah, like I said, he he looked great. So shouts to him. He won by KO in the third after taking Moraes' soul. Um. Jesus Christ, this next fight. All I'll say is uh, it have happened. If, uh, it, if it was going to happen, it should have happened like five years ago. But I know you, uh, have, some, I know you have some words for Clay Guida. Uh, <laughs> just, I've never been so angry watching a fight. I've never been. I can't remember the last time. Uh, just so many things about this. The fact that it was happening, for one, was like, all right, why, why is this a thing? But, you know, you come to accept it. And it's like, okay, I have to deal with this. And to their credit, if I can even give the UFC credit, they put this on the first fight of the prelim. So at least it's like, all right, we got it. We can get this out the way. I just... Questions. Um, why did it take till the second round for Clay Guida to go for a takedown? For one. Intimidation? Uh, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> And I was just thinking, like, in the the first round, and they're trading hands, and I'm like, Clay, if you let BJ Penn knock you out, like, I will hate you for the rest of my life. For, for as long as I live, if I see you in the afterlife, I'm going to hate you again. It's going to be, ne- if I die, my ghost is going to haunt you. Just, I will hate you forever. It, it, and, ah... I was just mad that this fight took so long. Like, why did this go three rounds? Like, why didn't you... For, for a guy who, you know, Guida's not like a knockout puncher. It's not like anything to his game that's super flashy. But for any faults he may have, the man can put on, like, a, a pretty great pace. And I was like, if you don't just wear this old man out and get BJ Penn off of my screen, why is he still in this fight in the second round? Why is he actually, like looking halfway confident and landing strikes here and there. If you get knocked out by one of these slow-motion uppercuts, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Like, what are you doing? And it's like Clay has never been... Clay can throw hands, but he's not. that's not his skill. That's not his, his thing. And I was like, why are you just standing and trade? You're giving BJ a chance to win. Like, push this man on the cage. Even if you don't take him down, You're push him on the cage. tire him out. Right, make make him work. He's eighty years old. He's lost twenty thousand fights in a row. Tire this man out, beat him up, get him off of my screen, please. And he just kept just oh, we're just gonna trade hands. I'm gonna let this old man, who has no business being in this arena, I'm gonna let him hang with me for a little bit. And finally, in the some part in the second round, he, I don't know, he he. Oh, the light bulb ticks. Let's go for takedown. Thank you. You should have been doing this earlier. But even then, it just seemed like <laughs> I never felt. <laughs> it wasn't until probably about the third when he started rocking BJ a couple of times and BJ started, you know, his age really started showing. 
I was nervous for the first like two and a half rounds, like, cause BJ's still here. Why is he still here? Get get him off of my screen. He he should not be here. I was livid at this fight. I was I was livid. Albeit he tagged BJ up eventually, but it it took too long. I just I want both of them to retire now. I'm just that fight got me really angry. I just I don't want to see any of them again. Yay. Don't call BJ's phone anymore. When BJ calls, you hit block. You, you you don't respond. You act like he's not there. If he has a contract and it has fights remaining, just pay him his money like he won and just shred the contract. Just whatever you gotta do to get him out of here. Just we don't need BJ anymore. We we don't. We just no 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 more. No more BJ Penn. This is over. It's 2019. We need to move forward. This is lightweight. There are 80,000 fighters in this division who are good. We don't need BJ. Just, we don't need BJ. We don't need Clay. We don't need Clay either. Bye to both of you. <laughs> both of you go home. <laughs> and don't, don't come back. Don't train. Don't put on gloves. Go back to being a carpenter. I don't know what BJ's doing. He's got court cases. Go to court. Get your life straightened out. Yeah, get your life together. B- well, you said that, but BJ's only two fights away from being, like, 500 on his career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fight was stressful. Speaking of stressful, Juana Carolina versus Priscilla Cachoeira. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know what? Everybody was saying it's like the worst fight ever. I hate this. I love the shit out of this fight. You I was because I remember it was still playing fresh in my mind right now. Derek Brunson Elias Theodore from last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm agree. like, oh, oh, they, they they can't they have no technique either, but they just down the scrap. Let's go. Yeah, for for me it wasn't so much. For me it was just like this fight is really sloppy. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of want to keep watching it because things keep happening. And then, like, Carolina lands that head kick. <laughs> the Which most... one? Which one? <laughs> the flush one that put, <laughs> that put Priscilla down. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got head kicks. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in now. This was, like, the funnest, sloppiest fight. <laughs> that uh... And you know what? I'm going to throw Carolina some bail. I feel like if just, like, her technique was, like, cleaner, like, she would be really good. She has a nice, like, frame. She has striking talent, but it's just, it don't look, you know, (laughs) it ain't the prettiest thing to look at. But I feel like something's there. Like, there's some talent there. Um, She probably should be in, like, LFA, though, from keeping it a buck. Probably should be on a regional. She should be in jungle fight. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I think Carolina has, like, talent? Like, I I say that with, like, a heavy question mark. Because, you know, fighting Priscilla Cachuera, who will give you all the openings to make you look good, um, is not really indicative of it. But, like, she seemed to, like, understand timing and, oh, if I pivot out when she comes forward, I can hit her with a cross. She did it in the most ugly way possible. But, like, she's a decent athlete. She seems to at least understand what MMA is. 
Like maybe maybe she turns into a good fighter with like a good with like some good coaching, like some good Muay Thai coaching. But you know that if if that's the case, I, I'm not gonna be able to tell from this fight because. Yeah. boy. This was sloppy, herky jerky. Just <laughs> I was, it was so awkward but entertaining at the same time. This Befitting was, of it, a fight pass. This is uh, some straight up Bellator prelimus. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 <laughs> this is what Fight Pass has been relegated to since since ESPN Plus. This is what we <laughs> what we get this, now. This is what you got left. Yes. Yeah, this is what I'm paying nine ninety nine a month for. That's what I get. Um, but you know she got the win. I'm all for head kicks. Um, congrats to Carolina. I guess you know. You know, I, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> that fight was wild. It was wild in, in many ways. Um, moving on to men's bantamweight. Uh, is it Hyoni or Ryoni? Oh, I never know how the R's go. We're going to go Hyoni Barcelos. I'm probably wrong. Versus uh, Carlos Huachin. Um, I don't remember this fight that much, to be honest. Um, I mean... Huachin did all right. He kept Barcelos off him, but if I remember right, Barcelos just cleaned his clock in the uh, the second round with a um, it was an overhand, put him on the ground, and then followed it up with ground and pound. I could like I honestly I don't remember this fight that much either, for whatever reason. I think you know what I think it was actually I missed some of this fight because I was out getting food and I was waiting for my food, and I left the restaurant right after this next fight. Which woof, that KO. Yeah, um, that that was yeah. some shit. So I think I was eating like while this fight was on, so I wasn't really like paying attention to it. But Howie uh, Barcelos won via TKO um, in the second round. So shout outs to him. Congrats. And the last fight on the card. Um, Vivian Araujo, Araujo versus Talita Bernardo. I mean, first, shout out to Vivian because she took this fight on a very short notice. Um, probably like a week or two. I don't remember. It's, it was pretty short, though, because she was not the original um, opponent. But, anywho. I'd like to point out, she is a strawweight. Fighting up at, like, bantamweight. Well, that power. Yeah. <laughs> He was landing some bombs in this fight. She had some right hands going. And boy, the one that shut the lights out at the end, man. She landed a right hand on Talita and put her just right on the backside. Just go to sleep. Uh, great debut. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to make yourself stand out in the women's division, just knock somebody out instant hype um she landed that overhand like three times in a row before uh before putting bernardo down with it which goes to show you something i don't know what but and for vivian at bantamweight i mean you do this one more time you probably got a number by your name because yeah, I mean, it's only 18 of y'all <laughs> like um but she's five six 68 inch reach i mean that's not bad like, she doesn't have, like, the complete build for Bantamweight, but. Apparently, she got the power. Yep. So. I mean, like, like you said, speed, 
when, when people move up, like, and they have power, like natural power, it tends, it carries because they, they uh, sometimes because of just how fast they, how much faster they are than their opponent. Like Amanda Nunes knocking out Chris Cyborg. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Awesome. What, what, what a violent night. Yeah. It, <laughs> overall, man, between UFC and Bellator, there was a lot of violence. Um, like, just to put into context, you had that KO, you had Wally Alves killing Sergio Moraes, you had Jessica Andrade slamming Rose almost like through the canvas, and then on the other side, you have Douglas Lima taking <laughs> MVP, so Patricio basically one hit quitting Michael Chandler. And Taiwan Claxton still flying kneeing people. Like, there was so much violence. And that's not even including, you know, what we might have missed at one, what we might have missed at LFA, because they had a couple of finishes, um, boxing uh, fights that went down. Like, there was a lot going on this oh, weekend, yeah. man. Shouts to um, Julian J. Rock Williams um, from Philly, who upset Jarrett Hurd. Um Taking the IBF, the IBO, and the WA, WBA titles off of her. Who was like P, who was going to be PBC's like golden boy moving forward? Um, that was the plan. So props to J Rock. Mm. Yeah, boy, we got a lot of a uh, lot of violence. A lot of violence going on. It was a good weekend. It was. It was a fun weekend. Like I, I, I went. I got some food. A little disappointed in my food, but that's another story. The food was great, but the portion size was really small. But anywho, you know, I just wanted to sit down and enjoy a night of fights, and it was great. Like, I got my feelings hurt a couple times, but I also had the opposite, where I was just on this high of just like, oh my God, I watched Douglas Lima just, he really cleaned. <laughs> he got MVP out of here. And it just it was so much up and down emotions, but it was a great night from shout out to Bellator and the UFC, man, and PFL for for what they did on Thursday. It was a great weekend of uh We didn't fights, even man. talk about the Jordan Burroughs Ben Askren match. Oh man, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Is that on like YouTube somewhere? It's, uh I am currently um well, let's see if this link is still up because I think it's it was like a full rise full wrestling MVP. Oh no, USA uh, USA puts on um USA Wrestling posted it on uh, YouTube. Mm. All right, I'll so, check that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the thing. Yeah, that yeah that went down. There was a lot. If you if you didn't get a chance to catch the fights or or you know, for whatever reason, yeah you got you gotta go catch up, man, because you missed out on a lot of uh, good stuff. A lot of good moments, man. Like a lot of good moments. We got so, we got a little interesting week coming up for us, bro. So we got. Hold up. We got Wilder versus Brazil, which is what it is, I guess. Um, Glory 65, Pereira versus Wilness, and Sidichai versus Gregorian. Mm. Uh, we got UFC Fight Night, Dos Anjos versus, uh, versus, Lee. versus Kevin Lee, which I think is the same card that has Vicente Luque versus Neil Magny. Magny. Yeah, that's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, we got one card. Aoki versus Lee. Mm. Yeah. Um, they want him to get a belt so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. 
Naya Inoue versus Emmanuel Rodriguez. Josh Taylor versus Ivan Baranchik on the zone. A crush card if you're into kickboxing. Um, KSW, Matero versus Scott Ascom. Ascom, sorry. Uh, and what else? What else? Uh, Road FC card, the finals for the um, the million dollar grand, uh, grand prize. Uh, Quan A. Sol versus Mansoir Bernoulli. Bernoulli? I, I don't speak French. Oh, yeah, he's the guy who won. Um... The guy who won the, uh, I know his name. I know yeah, yeah, about. yeah. Um, and um, is that no? There was one other fight, but it, it, it's it's escaping me right now. So, point being, there's gonna be some stuff next week. So, you know, stick around. Yeah, that uh, will be. Do nothing on the weekend like we do, but watch fights. Yeah, there will be uh plenty more fisticuffs. Oh no! Oh no! Alright, I got some breaking news, man. Alright, oh no, man. My man, my homie, he's retiring. Duke and Wild, man. Tom Duke was retiring? Yes. Oh, uh, that's The MMA has been for me the school of life with travels and encounters all over the world, and most importantly, the opportunity to discover myself as a person. Today I decide to go on a different path that attracts me a lot more, and that takes me a big part of my energy. Uh, my new activities are such that I cannot be devoted to high-level training. I respect the sport too well to engage in half-hearted, and that is why I'm at a crossroads where it is essential for me to focus on what passion passionates me the most. Um, oh God. It's just like when Nick Dennis retired. I'm hurt. I'm 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 hurt. Shout out to uh, Farah Hanown on Twitter. Uh, she posted this. Ah, oh, I'm hurt, man. I was so happy when he came over to the UFC, and now he's just, he's. Oh my god. I wonder what his new path is, because he was making good bank. Like he had like sponsorships before he got to the UFC, like that were big name sponsors. Oh man. Uh-uh. I hope for the best for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was really young too, man. But hey, man, I get it. You know, you know, if you feel like you're calling it something else, you gotta, gotta go do it, man. Uh, I get it. But I am, I am hurt. I am distraught. <laughs> oh man! After everything else that happened this weekend, that was just, oh, that that just really hurt me. I'm gonna have to mourn, um, <laughs> but that is uh, boy, what a way to uh, end the episode. But that is pretty much all we have for today's episode. So we will close out with parting shots and shoutouts. Um, I will end with, uh, I guess, keeping the theme of retirements going. Uh, my shoutout will be to uh, Josh Berkman, uh, former UFC fighter veteran of the sport dude's been around for forever um he was actually at lfa 66 which i think went down on friday um i can't remember the name of the gentleman he fought because i don't have the card pulled up in front of me but uh, apparently berkman lost a tough fight um and he decided to hang up his glove so best of luck to him man true veteran of the sport uh if any of you guys remember when he was in world series of fighting he had a really quick 
<laughs> crazy win over John Fitch. Um, just just a guy, man. He's just really been around. He's fought for a long time. Um, so best best of luck to him. And once again, just to rehash, uh, rest in peace to uh, Harold Letterman. Um, and real quick, we didn't. I didn't. I meant to mention this on the last podcast. Uh, rest in peace to John Singleton, um, who we lost. I think like last week. Uh, yeah. Director did Boys in the Hood, did Four Brothers, did uh, Shaft. <clears throat> he directed Boys of the Hood at 24 years of age. Um, so yeah, rest in peace to him. I, I meant to meant to mention that last week, but uh, yeah. So, but shout out to Josh Berkman, man. Best of luck in the in the post fight career. Hope hope life treats you well. And uh, I don't have any shots this week. I'm I'm cool. Uh, I'm I'm hurt between Anderson Silva getting his knee broken and Duke and Wild literally just retiring on me. I'm gonna go mourn. I'm I'm not gonna give any shots, but shout out to Josh Berkman. That's uh that's all I got. Um yeah, well not really not a shout out, but rest in peace again to Harold Letterman. Um shouts to um Han Shu. The New York Liberty Center, who dropped like 19 points on her uh, national team uh, last Thursday in her debut in the WNBA preseason. So props to her for that. And shots at um this woman from Twitter, Natasha Tynes. You heard the story, Mike? Like I heard it, but I didn't. It was one of those things I saw in my timeline, but I just didn't take the time to read into it. All right, yeah, so... This woman takes a picture of a metro worker on the train in DC, uh, in DC um, and posts it to Twitter to to the uh, to the metro's um, Twitter account. Like she, she she tweets at them, complaining about this woman who's just eating her breakfast on the train, who is a worker. Like you know whatever. And she's complaining like, "Oh, we're not allowed to eat, but your workers are allowed to eat." And try and basically trying to get this woman fired from her job. Um, so, yeah, fuck her. Like, what, what, what the hell is wrong with you? Man, because she ain't have a good sandwich. Yeah, like, <laughs> Like, because yeah. we get that shit at the library all the time. Like, oh, you're allowed to eat in here. Like, no, we work here. We're not allowed to leave. Right. <laughs> and you can go eat. Just go outside. Just, just, when you go to McDonald's, instead of coming here, just sit down and eat. Right. We're not allowed to do that. So we eat in the office. Yeah, people just people are oh god. People are miserable and this is and she this woman's apparently an author, so the uh the one of the publishing houses that was pub, publishing her book uh pulled out um they pulled out of her book deal so it's not getting published to them. Uh, the other company responsible for publishing the book, they they basically the the company that pulled out is asking the other company to also pull out because goddamn, mm. yeah. So and as far as I can tell, the woman from the metro gets to keep her job because the union stepped in and was just like, if you fire her, you're going to have such a shit show. Like this woman is on is trying to eat well, like at early in the morning before she goes about doing all the stuff she has to do. Like, good God, like, oh my God. Natasha Tynes, like, you are, 
the worst type of person. Yeah, your lunch probably trash. Her <laughs> sandwich dried out. She was salty. Yeah. May you never have a lunch break again. No, you do, but it's just going to be a trash lunch break. But that's uh, pretty much all we got for today's episode. Um, so as always, man, give us a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Give us a follow on the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook as well as the Instagram page. And follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. That is all we got for this week. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.